Hey friends, welcome to the Retro Game Guys podcast and the ninth episode of our second season. I'm your host, Dustin, and I'm joined by my three good friends, the retro gaming guru, Zach. Rock and roll. The infrequent gamer, Alex. That's me. And the obsessive collector, JP. Collect them all. All right, well, it's nice to hear from you all, uh, but let's start here with some serious stuff before we move on to the fun. Uh, we're recording this episode smack dab in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. We hope that our all of our listeners are staying healthy and taking all the proper precautions during this serious event. And our hearts go out to anyone who has been personally affected. Uh, this is a difficult situation and we're all in this together. Uh, with that, uh, I want to ask you guys how you're individually holding up over there. So JP, uh, how's, it, how's it going for you? How's, how are you holding up? Uh, doing, doing good. You know, my wife and I are pretty fortunate that we're both able to actually work from home. Um, I almost thought she wasn't going to be able to because of the type of field she was in, but we're really lucky with, you know, we've known some people that have lost, you know, jobs or they're waiting yeah. on, you know, pause or whatever. And it's just, we're, we're very fortunate. And then we're just trying to stay in as much as we can and only go to my in-laws and that's it. Nowhere else. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's good. How about you, uh, Mr. Alex, how are you, how are you holding up over there? Yeah, the same, um, you know, uh, I think I told you, Zach, uh, you know, we were looking at this from for a long time and yep. wanted to see how this was going to play out. And it's playing out exactly like, you know, we were talking. Um, but luckily, you know, we were able to um, stock up before um, before the panic buying set in because we had seen this uh, coming for a while. And at this point, you know, we're under lockdown. We've been under lockdown for what, you know, close to two weeks. And so we're just trying to keep the family inside. The kids are getting a little restless. And um, my sister just had kids. So that's a little concerning for me personally. Um, But, you know, look, we're all in this together. I mean, we're in it now, right? Yep. Yep. (laughs) We're in it all the way up to our necks. So uh, there's only one way out. So you just got to keep moving forward and uh, keep Keep watching. Keep just keep staying home, keep washing the hands, keep doing the physical distance and for as long as possible. Yeah. That's absolutely. the key. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. Zach, how about yourself? How, how, yeah. how you and your family holding up? Yeah. Same. I mean, uh, like you, JP, like I'm, you know, very, very thankful that they get to work from home and, um, but you know, a lot of my friends can't and I've, you know, I've seen it from many different angles, you know, the people that I work with, you know, having hard time and friends and it's, it's just, it's kind of all around us and it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking to see. Um, and we, we don't see the end just yet. Um, yeah. but the one silver lining here that, that I see is that one is, you know, like the four of us are together. It's great to see you guys miss you guys. Yeah. Um, we need to be together, you know, not just us, but it's great to see people coming together however they can and helping each other you know, yeah. emotionally, financially, um, yeah, this is a month now working from home for me and, Same. and, um, California was kind of early in the whole shelter thing. Um, my kids, I feel sorry for them. My son had a birthday, you know, during this. And so his party was canceled and there's just emotional things like that going on. But, um, I just want to say that everyone listening, we love you guys and Absolutely. we hope that you're doing the best that you possibly can. And, and thank you for taking the time to, to spend with us and, um, and please stay well, please stay home. Yeah. Yeah. Stay home, can. wash everything, wear masks, all that jazz. Um, real quick f- uh, about, you know, how my family and I are holding up. Um, everybody's been staying safe. Um, I, unfortunately, when this started about a month ago, my, um, my two older boys were with my ex-wife. So I, I, I didn't see them for a month. So, uh, well, that's not, 
is near, uh, you know, the pain that anybody else is going through. That was a struggle yeah. for me mentally for a little while there. Um, but you know, got through it. Um, I've been able to see them now, um, more regularly, which is great. Um, you know, and you're, and you're right about the, it help helping people out and, and, you know, I'm buying groceries for uh, other families, um, so that, you know, I'm only the, the one only getting exposed if anything, but taking all the precautions I can when I'm doing that, wiping everything down, masks, everything, um, quarantining food. I think Zach was meant mentioned that to me earlier. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whole, this whole system of like how to bring food into your home. We we're talking yeah, about before exactly. the podcast, right? It's like, this so luckily process, luckily nobody in my immediate circle. Um, my, my, um, boss actually was exposed, but, uh, she got through the quarantine period, um, just fine. But, um, Luckily, nobody you know personally affected yet. I've been yelling at my dad because he's had medical issues from from day one. Like, don't go anywhere, don't touch anything, stay in your room. Like, and, and he's followed that advice. Luckily, I've, I know some other people's parents haven't done that as well. So, uh, hopefully, everybody can understand the gravity of the situation and and we can get through it. Um, and yeah, that's all we can do, right? We're gonna help each yeah, other man. out and get get through this together. Um, so kind of moving from that. And I want to, I want to reiterate what I've said on social media that, um, while we're all working together through this tough time, the retro game guys podcast is going to continue to put out episodes on our regular schedule. Um, we've heard from so many people who love what we do. And if we can help take your mind off of things for a minute or, you know, a hundred minutes in some cases, <laughs> some of our episodes or 200, um, you know, if we can add a laugh to your day, uh, then we're, you know, all we can say is that we're doing a small part to hopefully help you guys through this tough time. Um, and as you might be able to tell already, this episode is going to sound a, a little bit different than our usual recordings, uh, with the fact that we're under that shelter in place order here in California, we're trying something new this time, uh, for the first time ever, the guys and I are recording this episode over the internet using a nifty little tool called Zencaster. Um, it's too bad we can't all be together, but this will have to do for now. And I, I'm thinking it's still going to be a good time. Um, all right. So well, with that, how about we move on to some less serious updates there, Zach? That sounds good. Let's uh, let's do that. Let's get to the fun stuff. Yeah. Well, first, we wanted to say thank you to everybody who's listened to our last episode on Donkey Kong Country. As Dustin posted on Twitter when the episode was released, that was a silly one. Yeah. I don't, we were we were a little bit punchy. I don't think we started recording till uh, after ten p.m. or something. You guys remember? Yeah, it was I was loopy at the end of that. Yeah. Um, yeah that my was favorite late. part. <laughs> it was very late. My favorite part, though, has to be when JP being totally exhausted from fatherhood. He just blacked out at the table. <laughs> and he was like, what's going on? What, what question did you ask me? Was, what's oh, happening? Man. Yeah, I totally, yeah. I, I totally looked right at him and I was like, what do you think, JP? He's like, what? What? what what's the question? Yeah, it just happened. <laughs> JP, did Who's, you get any sleep last I? night? Oh, I, I got sleep. I'm, I'm doing good. It's uh, we're, with the, the least amount of commuting we have to do now, it's helping for now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. awesome. It was awesome. Glad to have you back. <laughs> so uh, we've also received some feedback on our last episode that I'd like to share. So uh, everybody hated it. No, I'm no. Uh, <laughs> actually, As they should. It's <laughs> actually not possible because even if we did put out the worst episode of all time, Dustin, I think your mom would still love it. Yeah, that's probably true. Although, you know what she does tell us, tell me sometimes your episodes are a little long. <laughs> it's the same, same feedback are. I have, right? It sounds are, like my, right? I sound like my mother. You do. It's like your mom. Well, uh, getting to the uh, feedback. So at Retro Gaming Rock on Instagram, sent us a pic of Donkey Kong Country on the SNES hooked up to a modern TV. And he said, quote, now I understand what Dustin was saying about the SNES and modern TV graphics. Yeah. And he included a disgusted emoji also. That's what I told you guys. It's uh, It was so bad. The, the NES isn't that bad, but the SNES is, just looks like hot garbage. 
Yeah, not great. If you guys are interested, by the way, to learn more about like CRT, like tube TVs and the difference between that and modern TVs, there's a, a channel, a YouTube channel called My Life in Gaming. It's highly recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, our buddy Jerry R. Get him, Jerry. Get him, Jerry. He sent us a message <laughs> and said, man, I didn't know Donkey Kong Country was such a big deal. Uh, and it was. And he also said, uh, you got Dustin recorded saying funner. What? Yeah. Funner? He said funner. Oh, So I boy. went, I listened back. And he's right. You did say funner with a straight <laughs> face. And uh, for a guy who prides himself on his linguistic capabilities, you should be uh, ashamed of yourself, sir. Coincidentally, I, I even wore my Oxford comma appreciation society shirt today. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, the, I don't, that's, that's disappointing, but I'll, I'll, I'll work through it. All right. Well, hopefully this episode's funner. All right, let's move <laughs> on. Uh, and we also want to say uh, thank you to at Matthew E. Ruiz on Twitter, who sent us a hello from Sydney, Australia. Good night. Said, he, said he's a big fan and appreciates the laughs and great content. We see and, baby uh, growing in Sydney. That's uh, pretty and cool. And we we're going to have to head out there once all this stuff clears up. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> How cool would that be? Live from Australia. It's a retro game, guys. <laughs> we're right. turning the podcast upside down. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> We've just lost Toilets them all. are flushing in the wrong direction. Welcome. <laughs> is that really true? I've no, always it, wondered. It actually it. isn't. No. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> so stupid. All right. Uh, he also wants us to do Aladdin for the SNES and oh, Genesis. Hell yeah. I, so, that yeah. game's awesome. Why don't we I'm, just throw Lion King in there too, huh? While, while we're at it. Let's really <laughs> well, punish right. ourselves. They, they uh, recently came out with a like a double... Oh right? yeah, like the game. Gold, and they have like a gold version of it and all that. Yeah, yeah. It's like Aladdin and uh, Lion King. Uh, is it on the Switch? It's on the modern consoles. I'm. So I thought I thought it was like a console thing console on the stuff. Switch. I think. Yeah. Not hundred yeah, percent. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, that's that's more than one request that we've received for that those uh, games. Yeah, now, both that was a game that I. Version. That was a game I'd never played back in the day, and then you guys had said, "Oh, that's a one of the you know classics of the console," and I picked it up at half price books for super cheap uh, a couple months back and popped it on my Genesis and. I played it for a good 10, 15 minutes and it's super fun. I had a great time playing it. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to second or third or fifth or whatever that uh, vote for Aladdin. Let's, let's Sounds get cool. to that. In the and new there's whole, this, there's this whole debate about which version's better, the SNES or Genesis. So that'll be fun to talk Ooh, about. Interesting. And uh, Jay at Retro Militia on Twitter said that he has been listening to our podcast and that it has been an inspiration. Oh, well, well better than being a perspiration, I guess. There you go. Well, hey, thanks guys. <laughs> we appreciate the comments. Yeah. Keep them and coming. And lastly, did you guys know that we have now published over 40 episodes of the Retro Game Guys podcast. Isn't what? that crazy? Yeah. I'd say That's we have. So uh, we're stopping at 50, right? That's, yeah. <laughs> Should have stopped at 20. Yeah. But uh, JP, uh, I, you, I, I bet you're wondering why we called you in today. Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, what better way to get let go over Zoom, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no. no. That's, that's not funny right now at all. <laughs> at all. It isn't, but it is a little bit. Yeah. So, our, uh, so to our listeners, if you find yourself with some extra time at home, and we hope you are staying home, by the yes. way, uh, we would love it if you went back and listened to some of our earlier episodes. And I'd recommend one that we recorded almost exactly one year ago today. It's episode 16, Super Metroid. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's one of our most popular episodes. Uh, We laugh at the soap opera-like story, reveal how the hero Samus got her name. And it's also the episode where Dustin earns his picky gamer nickname. So (laughs) check it out. And those are my updates. All right. Thank you, Zach. I'm also turning off my audio on my computer because otherwise you're going to hear all these little bings and booms and things like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought I got an email there for a second. I'm like, oh, did I miss something? (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm fully expecting to have, uh, remember that was at CNN, the guy where his family, you know, barged oh, in behind him. I'm fully <laughs> expecting that to happen at some point here, but we'll work through it. I think All somebody's right. made a zoom background out of that by now. There has to be. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Or the kid comes into the room dancing or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that one. Well, I'm so totally I expecting the, I think we're at the bathroom malfunctions now, right? That's the zoom. Thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I've seen a couple of those videos, you know, your videos yeah. on. All right. One last uh, quick note for the updates from me to wrap it up and uh, recognize a couple countries showing our podcast some love from around the world. So welcome to those of you listening in from Japan and Uruguay. Greetings, and I hope you've been enjoying our little corner of retro gaming fun. Konnichiwa, arigato gozaimasu. Da. That. <laughs> almost forgot the last there. piece. Yeah, you it almost did. forgot the last piece, but that's yeah. that, the best Japanese you've ever done on this podcast. It is. Good job. Believe it or not, I am actually studying Japanese. That's right probably now. a really? good thing. <laughs> yeah, I really am. Yeah, I really am for about a month now. And I actually got my daughter involved. And so we we actually say like, you know, good night to each other. We oh, say wow. good morning. And yeah, we're all right. Yeah, we have a Japanese. A, I'm word studying today. Australian. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm studying. I yeah. study Spanish and Donde esta la biblioteca? Done. All right. <laughs> let's uh let's get into the show. For this episode, we're covering the fantasy action game Wizards and Warriors for the Nintendo Entertainment System. If you'd like to give Wizards and Warriors a play before listening to the rest of this episode, you can grab the original NES cartridge for pretty cheap. It's about 10 bucks. Uh you can use emulation with all the legal considerations that you know of by now. And um that's about it. Unfortunately, Wizards and Warriors has not been released for the Switch Online or any other virtual console that we know of. If you don't have an NES, I would uh, I would highly recommend at least checking out some of the walkthroughs on YouTube, some of the the playthroughs. There, um, the game's pretty quirky and it, it's funny to watch if you've never seen this game. So uh, we'll get more into the quirks yeah. of this game later, but uh, check it out if you don't have an NES. At least go to YouTube. Wait, Wizards so, and Warriors is not a popular title available everywhere? Shocker. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah, Shocker. Yeah. Oh, there, no. There's a spoiler for, for uh, uh, Alex's opinion of this. Game. <laughs> <laughs> what are we ever going to do? I do not share his opinion. We're going to get into that as well. Same. Uh, in this Wizards and Warriors episode of the Retro Game Guys podcast, Zach will take us through the history of the game. We'll hear about memories of the game from our community and the guys in the room, in the virtual room. Um, we'll chat about our experiences replaying the game, and we'll also see if anyone can end Zach's 19-month win streak in our score competition, which, no. Man, 19 months. Wow. What, <laughs> yeah. a, what a run. Yeah, well, you're good and we're not. What can we say? <laughs> We've been close a couple times and we'll see what happens today and, and in the near future. We have All some right. ideas on how to knock you off the throne. All right. uh, also in this episode, we'll take a quick peek at the world of collecting with this month's crazy collectible. And we will wrap with our retro game giveaway where someone will win an original copy of Wizards and Warriors. And if you want to win our next retro game giveaway, like last episode's winner, Frankie Cheap Seats. Cheap seats. Follow at Retro Game Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Before each episode, we'll ask for your memories of our featured game, and we pick the winner from those responses. Now to kick off this episode, here's Zach to give us a bit of the background, history, and interesting facts about Wizards and Warriors. All right, thank you, Dustin. Well, uh, Wizards and Warriors is a 2D action platformer for the Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, created by the popular UK-based developer Rare and published by Acclaim. Uh, the game was released in December of 1987 at a time when the NES was just picking up steam in the U.S. market. In uh, Wizards and Warriors, you play the role of the knight Kuros, who must save a princess from the evil Malkil, a powerful sorcerer whose advanced age has driven him mad. So he's just old and crazy. 
<laughs> I resemble that remark. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, you do. Uh, Malkil has <laughs> Malkil's taken the princess, as well as several other damsels, and hidden them inside secret caves somewhere in the land of Elrond, which uh, <laughs> absolutely is not influenced whatsoever by Lord of the Rings. No, no, no. And um, never mind the fact that one of the damsels is named uh, Galadriel. <laughs> nice. So there you go. Uh, to find the damsels in distress, Kuros must traverse eight levels, including large forests, where most of the time you're jumping inside hollowed out trees, a cavern, fire and ice levels. And oh, man, I hate ice levels so much. <laughs> um, and uh, finally, Malkil's massive castle, which if you've been to that level is so fun to climb. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, for sure. we'll talk about that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, unlike many traditional platformers, most of the action in Wizards and Warriors takes place on one large screen that scrolls both uh, both horizontally and vertically. Kuros can explore the levels freely by running and jumping. And boy, can that guy jump for a guy in a full suit of armor, huh? He's <laughs> <Right>. just, <laughs> just He's spry. Right. Just so it's so easy for him. He puts the guy from Ghosts and Goblins to shame. <laughs> yeah, uh, but not a really cool somersault though. And you know, we've seen better somersaulting at least. We have seen. He doesn't somersault. He just no. that ver- he just does that stiff vertical jump. The yeah. guy from Wizards and Warriors, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's his primary attack, by the way. We'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, so the jump game features things. yeah, just jump at it. Yeah, you can't swing at something, just jump at it. Uh, the <laughs> game features uh, no pit deaths and no instant death hazards. So there's no spikes like in Castlevania or Mega Man games. But uh, just because there are fewer ways to die doesn't mean that Kuros has it easy. You often find yourself jumping between small tree branches and platforms, and there's a little room for error. If you misstep, which happens a lot, mm-hmm. Kuros will fall, and sometimes for very long distances. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? Then you got to start climbing again, which is, again, can be annoying. Yeah. Uh, the best example of this is when you have to climb that castle, like we said, uh, it's several screens high and advancing requires you to jump between platforms that pop in and out of the walls. Mm. And until you get the hang of things, it's likely that you're going to fall all the way to the bottom again, several screens and have to restart your climb. So that's, that's part of what, you know, makes this game so long is you just have to explore while also falling. So yeah, not a good yeah. combination. <laughs> so while uh, Kuros is climbing through the game, he's swarmed by enemies, sometimes three or four at a time. Taking damage in the game is very easy, not only because of the number of enemies attacking Kuros, but also because he's a pathetic swordsman. Like he waves (laughs) his sword around in all directions. He pretty much misses every enemy he swings at. And like we just mentioned, often the best way to kill an enemy is just to jump toward it with your sword sticking up. It's like a clumsy way of attacking. So um, I don't know if you guys, your, your initial reaction is like, am I am I using the attack correctly or is there something else to this? Oh yeah, for me it was like what, he's just waving this. Is it is is he waving a needle at them? What is the what is he even doing? I, I don't understand what's going on here. He's like a five year old with a wooden sword. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and they and the enemies are swarming him, so it makes sense that he would swing like in multiple directions. But like you have no control over what direction he's swinging. He's just like I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Yeah, it's 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 very very clumsy. So. Uh, in each stage, the primary goal is to find keys, open treasure chests, collect items, and most importantly, gather gems that are spread throughout each stage. And you'll need those gems to bribe a guardian that blocks the door to each boss room. <laughs> Who is this guardian? Why is he blocking the door? Why is he greedy? There are no answers to these questions. He's just and there. What I when we can talk more about this in the playthrough, but what also confused me is I didn't really get the the mechanic that not only do you have to have the gems, but you have to have the right key for at least some of the doors. So there's one level that I got to where it's like, oh, cool, I got all the gems, and then I'm going over to the door, and it's like, 
won't you open why can't i go in this door oh, yeah. and then i was yeah. like oh so not only you have to get the gems you also have to get a key so why do you have both don't understand <laughs> yeah and then you we'll talk about the, the certain items that open certain colored doors or certain colored chests but it's like yeah. no but you can't order, open the certain colored doors just a certain colored chest so yeah there's some weird <laughs> inconsistencies here yeah uh so uh speaking of items there are several items that will help kuros along and i would say that there are four items that you must absolutely find otherwise the game is going to be much much more difficult so first is the dagger of throwing which <laughs> first of all the dagger of throw you found the dagger of I throwing the dagger so, of throwing so silly uh which uh, later you can swap for the more powerful axe of agor oh, who's agor who knows no answers uh but i do love that axe that oh that it was, is when i got it that it was cool. like let's go let's go guys did you know that you can actually get multiple axes and daggers like throwing more than one did you know that no I just realized, so I played this game a hundred times or more, and I just realized this. So in sometimes in the game, like these little mini daggers or axes, like icons, like you, you can pick them up like items, yeah, yeah, like the size of those coins, little coins. Um, if you collect enough of them, it actually like doubles or triples your firepower. Like you oh. actually, that actually helps those throwing weapons become more effective. I'd never do that till recently. Oh, that's Wait, cool. You have to yeah. collect. So the cool thing is with the throwing. Yeah. How, how many of those do you have to collect to do that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. I don't know how many, but more than one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, but they're not very thing, common. But it's though, a good so. thing the game like lets you know that in the game <laughs> that it never tells <laughs> right. you what it's for. Cause I saw those and I'm like, okay, I got points for like picking up an, an extra axe, but it doesn't say like, you know, number of axes bonus to axe. get like a second yeah. yeah, bonus axe or extra ship. You know what I'm saying? It's not like a Galaga where it just, you get yeah. a double axe immediately. Uh, yeah, another one give you the, put it on the it, list of things to complain about later on. <laughs> Got it. Well, I'll give you the advice that I, uh, that we've all given JP for over so many episodes. Just read the manual. <laughs> it's in there, I'm Never. Sure. Yeah. Never. <laughs> Not so, for this uh, one, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're lucky enough to get you to play the game, I guess. Right. All right. Um, so yeah, with the throwing weapons, it actually makes attacking somewhat possible. Yeah. Because like I said, your sword's a joke. So at least you can throw things at head enemies. It makes, you know, so you actually have a chance at defeating bosses and stuff. Yeah. Um, there's also the boots of force, which is the best damn item in the game. Yeah. With the boots, you could kick open chests if you don't have the key, which is so great. Um, which I, did you guys know that by the way, that you can open yes. chests without a key? Uh, no, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the best thing about the, the, uh, the boots of force, um, you can also kick bosses. I just thought it was just good for high kicking. I was I was kicking the whole time, just like yeah, yeah. What does this do? Nothing. Doing the can can <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can kick enemies, kick chests. Um, but again, it doesn't open doors, so that's the the limit of the whole thing. Um, and there's little annoying skull enemies later in the game, and the, even the manual says that they're invincible, but uh, not with the boots of force. You just kick, baby, kick, and they're they're toast. Yep. yep. So good stuff. There's a the feather of featherfall. Uh, say that. <laughs> 10 times fast. Um, if but that's a really helpful item, because if you hold up on the control pad while falling, you can slow down and guide your descent. So Although this is really helpful. It's helpful, but it's also tricky. And we'll talk about that a little bit in the, in my, play yeah, incredibly it difficult to get. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, totally. Just to get it. Right. Uh, and uh, last, but certainly not least the potion of levitation. Now uh, this is another helpful item is you can press up to levitate a bit off the ground, making your jumps higher. So you can get to higher places. Uh, but it's really helpful when climbing that castle that we talked about, because if you're standing on a platform that disappears under you, if you're actually levitated, you won't fall. 
So it's kind of a, another way of staying safe. So yeah, those four items, dagger of throwing, boots of force, feather fall, and the potion, you can get through most of the game. So that's, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot harder without those. Now, for every helpful item in the game, there are others that frankly just should have been cut out completely. So <laughs> the wand. Yeah, I'm sure you guys found some of these. Yeah, the wand. The wand of wonder does nothing. Uh, and you have to hit select to use it too. How uncomfortable is that? Like you're trying yeah, to yeah. move your guy with the control pad, jump in, in and swing with A and B, and then I have to all of a sudden hit hit select for a special weapon. That just seems strange. Uh, but there's the boots of lava walk. I don't know if you guys got that thing. Um, no. First of all, the boots of lava walk replace the boots of force, so that's not great. Um, and the only thing the boots of lava walk do is they make you, they, they make walking on lava take less damage, but even if you have the boots, you rarely step on the lava anyway. So they're kind of just pointless. Uh, and then there's one item that's been considered one of the most worthless items in video gaming history. It's the cloak of darkness. Any of you guys get the cloak of darkness? I accidentally got it once and I was mad the whole time I had it. It's just, it's ridiculous. So, uh, if you press select Kuros disappears and initially but you're not like, to the enemies. <laughs> not to the enemies, right? So you can't see him, but the enemies still see you. So you're getting attacked and you're like, great. So I basically made the game harder. Uh, so I did some research on this because I'm like, okay, there had to have been a reason. Like, I'm assuming it's not a joke, right? There had to have been a reason why the programmers put the Cloak of Darkness in here. And what I found, at least according to one article, was that they said the cloak limits damage caused by non-boss enemies to one point of damage. And I'm like, Okay, that sounds pretty reasonable until you realize that, guess what? Most enemies already take one point of damage off. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, that was, somebody just didn't think that through. <laughs> and uh, like we talked about, the most one of the most annoying aspects of Wizards and Warriors, at least the item part, is that you often end up picking an item that you don't want. And there's no way to tell which item is in, so you can memorize which item is in which chest, but when you're first playing the game through, you have no idea. So you might have an item you like, and then you get something else, and now all of a sudden the game gets harder. So that's a bit frustrating. Totally. Um, yeah, there was one chest I knew had the wand, and it was in a place where it's like, oh man, how am I going to jump over it? Like, how am I going to avoid touching it? Like, <laughs> well, I need twenty gems. Am I going to take this chance of like you know, picking this one thing? Or yeah, and I've run into I've run into chests too all the time. We're just like it's open, and you just go to walk past it, you forget about it, and then all of a sudden there you go. Yeah. You got a crappy item. Um, and, uh, now once you reach the end of each stage, you're greeted by one of Malkil's guardians. Uh, these bosses include a large floating skull, a vampire bat, a large rock face, and a huge spider. They're not like the most imaginative bosses I've ever seen. <laughs> it was like, no, but like, there's uh, kind of cool. There's some cool some ones. Yeah. Cool. My, my favorite is that skeleton. I don't know if you guys got to that one, but he's a red skeleton. He, he starts out only a few pixels tall. So you can't even really see him when you enter the screen. He's like throwing these little miniature bones at you. But as he takes damage, he grows taller and taller and taller to the point where he's bigger than your character. So yeah. that's really cool. Um, but each boss fight pretty much is over in seconds, whether you're kicking him or you're using whatever weapon you have. And uh, I think the the final boss, Malco, is the only one that takes really any true strategy. I'll say my the hardest boss in, in the of the ones that I saw was, for me to beat was the bats for some reason. I think it's because I only really had the dagger. Um, uh, and, you know, none of the strategies... Uh, I, I, for some reason that the bat was hard, the hardest for me. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll talk about the other ones. Yeah. yeah he can be pretty tough. Um, cause you have to fight off a bunch of the little guys first. You can run past them initially. Yeah. At some point you got to deal with them. So, yeah. but we'll talk strategies later. Um, now after Kuros defeats each boss, he discovers the damsel hanging from the ceiling of the cave. So what does our hero do? 
Cuts Sorry, her down, I'm free laughing because this is so yeah, stupid. <laughs> he cuts her down, and then what does he do? Doesn't tell tell everybody what he does. He's like, "Cool, you're good here. All right, bye." <laughs> just yeah. just leaves her there. Like she's still stuck in a dungeon. Like what? Are you you just cut her off yeah. the ceiling. But that's he it. walks away. Uh, He's like, "Peace. I got we got work to do, lady. <laughs> I'm busy. Yeah. Deal with it yourself. There's some bats that way. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah." <laughs> Maybe Watch he was friends with page. Mario and he realized how much crap he had to deal with. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to let her go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now, as we talked about in uh, at the end of our last episode, Wizards and Warriors is a very forgiving game. Yeah. So as difficult as it is to avoid enemies and sometimes reach the items you need, you have unlimited continues and endless time to try. So, uh, and even more handy is the fact that when you die, you restart at the exact point where you lost your life. Absolutely. The only exception is the boss fights because you have to actually start the boss fights over. But it's rare that you're going to need any more than what two or three attempts, maybe, to take down a boss. This so. game rewards patience and perseverance. It, that you can do whatever you want to in this game if you have those two things. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, and the one thing I liked about that though is that so many early video games, early NES games in particular, they're they're not really that accessible to young kids. Even some of the like. Fisher Price stuff or, you know, mm-hmm. games that are made for kids are still actually quite difficult. So this game, you know, you could wander around. If you die, no big deal. You just keep uh, hitting start and continuing. So it's accessible to all ages, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. So moving to the music, Wizards and Warriors features memorable tunes from David Wise, who is the primary composer for Rare for many years. And his work can also be found on some of Rare's early titles. And as we learned about in our last episode, Mr. Wise is also responsible for that awesome Donkey Kong Country soundtrack, Deacon oh, yeah. Jams. That's right. Available on CD and cassette. <laughs> and compact disc, you say. Compact disc, yes. <laughs> uh, well, with that, why don't we take a break and listen to a track from Wizards and Warriors. All right. Well, there you go. Wizards and Warriors. Uh, pretty good music overall. I, I Actually, there's most of the tracks in the game I really like. I think yeah. um, some are really memorable, like the first level theme, uh, the theme, the boss theme, that boom, 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 boom. That's from, yeah, where's that from? That's from somewhere. That's not. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That's, there's, that's, I think, like, no, I think Looney sure. Tunes, they've used yeah. that in a lot of the cartoons. Some of the music reminds me of like Gauntlet also, or some of the other things, uh, some of the sounds remind me of some other games, but you know, like I, NES could only put out so many That's different right. sounds. So obviously it's going to remind us of other things. Yeah. And JP, you've mentioned to me that you, you thought it sounded like Marble Madness, right? Oh yeah. There's a couple or some, it felt like Marble Madness. And then there's some times when he gets hit, it feels like Mario when Mario gets hit right before it goes, dun, 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 dun. That'll kind of <laughs> like right that hit before you hear that noise. That's what it sounds like. I kept mm. thinking, is he going to fall off the screen? <laughs> there you go. Oh, he just uh, falls down and, and wags his leg when he dies. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, the death animation in this is so goofy. Yeah. So if you don't, if you haven't seen this game, that's another thing to YouTube is 
yeah, when when your your brave knight dies, he falls on his back and he flails his arms and legs, and then <laughs> then one of his legs just like swings back and forth. Totally. He's, he's like me when I was in Toys R Us as a kid when my mom wouldn't let me buy the game I wanted. <laughs> totally. <laughs> exactly. Mall as a kid. Yeah. Well, as great as uh, the music is in this game, there is one particular track that gets the most attention. Now, it's a track that starts playing when Kuros is low on energy. I'm looking at it In fact, when we first talked about doing this game, it already he was already set off. Um, <laughs> and this track continues to play until Kuros dies or refills his health. Now, will some games such as Legend of Zelda incorporate a simple beat pattern to remind the player that their energy is low? And by the way, that's all you need, right? You don't need this. Uh, Wizards and Warriors instead switches to a super annoying, repetitive track that will make you want to kill your character just to stop it from repeating (laughs) and repeating and repeating. Um, So in fact, before Alex uh, shares his love for this track, I think we should just play it right now so you can hear (laughs) and appreciate just how annoying this is. All right. Um, so, Alex, what do you think? Uh, the music in this game is trash. <laughs> it's garbage. I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about, man. Uh, the first. You mean overall? You're talking overall? Overall, dude. Garbage. Trash. Wow. Chuck it. Throw it in the bin. Except for like the opening, uh, the opening credit scene where um, uh, that's the only good music in the whole game. I, I actually YouTubed it. And there's some guy you could check out playing this the the theme on a guitar. Sounds really good mm-hmm. on a guitar. That's it. The theme that you just played, <laughs> the uh, your close to death theme. That's great. But as a kid, you, you you're getting hit. You're not a professional game player at that point. You're just trying to figure out the game, and so you're low on energy a lot. And there's so yes, few right. Uh, right. parts of this game where you can actually get food. You can't replenish your health relatively easily in this game whatsoever. You have to know where the food items are. And when you're killing the enemies, they don't just give you food. They give you potions or whatever else. And so it's really hard to to get that sound, to turn that sound off. I can't tell you how many times I got to that point in the game and I have to turn off the volume on the TV because it just doesn't <laughs> go away. It just doesn't go away. No. Yeah. And so, you know, if you ever wanted to like rip your eyeballs out, even though you're listening with your ears, like that's what it would, that's what it would make you want to do. And it's just sort of okay. like, okay, I'm totally over this game. I cannot play this game anymore because I can't stand the music. <laughs> okay. So we tell us how you really feel, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hate this game. I mean, this game, I, if they had never made this game, the world would have been a much better place. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, moving on now. Uh, Legacy of Wizards and Warriors. Yeah, come back to me back. when you guys want to know what uh, how my playthrough went. <laughs> well, well, well. Uh, now, the game would be a hit for Rare, uh, Acclaim, and Nintendo during a time when interest in the NES was on fire. So I'm sure many players picked up Wizards and Warriors for their new NES system because they saw an ad in one of Nintendo's publications. Um, I looked in my early issues of Nintendo Fun Club, which were the you know the newsletter before Nintendo Power, and each issue had either a half page or full page ad for Wizards and Warriors. So they, you know, claim just went all in on the marketing on this thing. Um, and the ads were really eye catching because Wizards and Warriors had an amazing cover. Um, it showed a muscular knight attacking this like savage looking beast. 
and like the evil Mal kills profile his face in the background. So the artwork was amazing. I think Alex uh, called it uh, false advertising before though. Yeah, you know, you Alex, you did say that it reminded you uh, of yeah. Castlevania, right? So here's how I approach Wizards and Warriors. It's late, it's a Saturday night, it's like two in the morning, you don't have school for another whole Sunday, and you're going through your game collection, you're like, okay, I played this, played that, played Top Gun. I play all these games, it's like what game can I just pop in? And so you're looking at all the and you see the Castlevania, you're like, I know what kind of work goes into Castlevania, so I'm not gonna play this game. And you look at this game, Wizards and Warriors, and you're like Dang, that looks really good. The artwork looks really good, right? It reminds you of Castlevania. You pop it on, and then you're hit with this. <laughs> you know what? The artwork's really good. You're right, and it is. It is false advertising. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a bit because the, I'm your guy stop in there. the yeah. Good, thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah, as far as the whole false uh, advertising thing goes, your character in the game does look nothing like the artwork, and that's true, by the way, throughout all the games in the. I think maybe the third one, which no one played, by the way, um, <laughs> had, actually had a knight on the cover. Otherwise, it's like some barbarian versus a knight in the game. So, yeah. Um, but the artwork is cool. I totally agree. It's it's like amazing. Um, the game itself, the cartridge itself, came with a poster of the game, of the artwork in the box, which is awesome. Um, and I thought, Alex, I don't know if you're a fan of this, but um, or know him, the artist Frank Frazetta. Is that name ring a bell? No, but, it doesn't. He did a lot of like the early Conan uh, work. He's a famous totally. uh, painter, but yeah, it looks kind of like that same style, fantasy if, style. If, if this was if this was a, a movie and they had this poster up, you'd go see the movie. Totally. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. You'd pay the you'd pay the money to get in. You'd buy your popcorn. You buy hot dog. You get nachos. You get nacho cheese. You're ready to see it. <laughs> you're ready to see a barbarian movie, right? And then the movie <laughs> starts, and this piece of shows up, <laughs> and you're like, I I've been hoodwinked. Speaking of the artwork, I put out a call on our socials. You socialed uh, it out? Socialed it out like crazy. I wanted to see if anyone could help us figure out like what the who the artist was. There was an artist uh, signature on the cover art. And I was like, can we just like track this guy down? And uh, we got lucky. So Spexy or at retro underscore Specs on Twitter. He did some research and found out that the artist, his uh, name was Victor Vaccaro. Uh, and he's also responsible for the artwork on the popular shooter Tiger Heli. So he did that one too. And uh, JP, I know that's one of your favorites, right? Oh, I love Tiger Heli. I don't, I can't, I know I have it in my collection. I, that'd be bad if I didn't. I love that game. I remember <laughs> renting that and playing that game for ages. Yeah, Wasn't this guy also in uh, I Love Lucy? Victor oh, Victor. no, no, that's <laughs> that's Ricky Ricardo. Sorry. That's his, uh, his cousin, Victor Vaccaro. <laughs> this guy, so Spexy went out and hunted this guy down, actually sent him an email. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't get back to him. So I sent him an email. <laughs> I didn't get anything. So this uh, uh, guy must have been scared off by a couple of nerds asking about an old project back in the 80s. Right. Uh, but we'll keep trying. We'll get we'll get him eventually. Big thanks to Spexy for the help. We really appreciate it. And totally. uh, the guy did some great stuff. And he's still, to this day, the Victor Ricardo is still putting out artwork. And you can see his uh, portfolio on online, which is really cool. So thanks. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, Wizards and Warriors would spawn several uh, sequels. Uh, so in 1989, we got Iron Sword, uh, Wizards and Warriors 2. And uh, that cover was also well known because that uh, featured the model Fabio on the cover. <laughs> you, If you don't know Fabio, he was famous for being on like every other like romance novel cover. Like he was like the guy on the yeah. cover. 
Um, and uh, yeah, he was he was the wizard or the wizard. He was the warrior in Wizard <laughs> Warriors. It'd be funny if he was the wizard, the uh, the sexy male wizard. <laughs> and we got Dom DeLuise for the warrior. <laughs> Dom DeLuise for the warrior. And Fabio is the wizard. That's great. So the the, ca- the casting is almost complete. Actually, we can get Dom DeLuise now, right? I don't think. I don't think so. Pour one so. out for Dom. Yep. Yep. Good guy. And then uh, later in 92, when the NES was winding down, we got the third game, Wizards and Warriors 3, Kuros Visions of Power, which is a, not a great title, but it sounds like Manos Hands of Fate. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> um, now, this game did not sell as well as the first two games, um, and it was also much harder. We talked about how forgiving Wizards and Warriors 1 was, but Wizards and Warriors 3 featured no continues and no passwords. Ew. So that's just, yeah, that that sucks. Um, there was also a Wizards and Warriors game released for the Game Boy uh, called Wizards and Warriors X Fortress of Fear. Um, now, this game borrowed from elements from the NES titles, but failed to capture the magic of any of them. So I actually bought a copy of this for the podcast, like hoping it would be really good. And I you know, love the first game. Um, I was so, <laughs> so disappointed. Oh, man, that sucks. It, it's so bad. Like it controls like mud. It's it's just it's terrible. So. Um, yeah, it's going into a box labeled games to sell. <laughs> there you go. So going back to the first game, I think many people who grew up in the early days of the NES remember Wizards and Warriors fondly. It's a simple, fun action game during a magical time for Nintendo. But uh, sadly, uh, to all of us except Alex, uh, <laughs> the game is not available to play on any modern system. It's not on the Switch Online. It's not included in that rare replay compilation that uh, uh, was put out on the Xbox One a few years ago. Um, and it's unknown if we'll ever see a sequel to Wizards and Warriors. So um, publisher Acclaim went out of business in 2004. Uh, and I read that they sold the rights to nearly 200 games, including Wizards and Warriors, to the Canadian video game developer Throwback Entertainment. Hmm. And uh, so far, Throwback has not announced any plans to resurrect uh, Wizards and Warriors in any form at all. So that's really sad. So as we suggested for other titles here, if you want to see a modern Wizards and Warriors game on a virtual or a virtual console release, go ahead and at mention Throwback Entertainment and Nintendo and tell them that we want to see Kuros lace up his boots of force once again. That's right. Kick some skulls. Kick some skulls. There you go. So, okay, that wraps up the history segment. And now to help us learn more about the game, here are five ridiculously interesting facts. Ridiculously interesting facts. About Wizards and Warriors. Number one. Uh, the Japanese release of Wizards and Warriors might be the definitive version. So Wizards and Warriors was released for the Japanese Famicom in July of 88. So that's actually seven months after the version that we got here in the States. And that's interesting. Not, yeah, it's not very common. Usually we got the stuff last, right? right. Um, and Rare took the opportunity to make changes. So they tweaked the look of the in-game menu. They reduced the number of lives to one because seemingly like you don't, need multiple lives in a game that has a limited continues kind of doesn't make sense. Um, they also removed some of the enemies on certain levels. And I, and this is the one I thought was most interesting was they, uh, they gave you the potion of levitation on stage one hmm. because stage one is hard to get all the way to the tops of the trees without a trick of like letting an enemy hit you from below and bounce you up. Right. So like these, these don't feel like, um, like localization tweaks. They really feel like fixes. Yeah. That so sounds like it. That makes me feel like this game might the US version might not be the version that they actually were happy with. Mm. Um, now you can pick up a copy of that Japanese version called uh, Densetsu no Kishi Elrond or Legendary Knight Elrond for about 20 bucks. And I got my copy on the way, by the All way. All right. 
Yeah, I'm stoked to get it. The artwork, not as good as ours, though. Let me tell you. That's oh like yeah, a, you. Do, I think you uh, socialed that out, and yeah, it's but well, it's more accurate artwork. It's at least yeah, it's true. It's a goofy <laughs> wizard and like this like child-looking knight. It's very very strange. <laughs> Number two, there's a glitch in the game that allows you to replace the last two levels of the game with the first two, which makes it a heck of a lot easier to beat. Huh. So to do this, you go to the second forest level. So that's like about three quarters into the game, and it looks just like the first level. And if you go all the way to the left corner of the screen, you turn around. You start doing that levitation thing over and over as your character levitates, he'll start moving out of the screen. Like he'll disappear off to this, the left side of the screen. And then what will happen is he'll pop in the right side of the screen and you're back to level one. <laughs> and so it's like, wow, okay, so I'm at level one again, but I have all these weapons. So you can just blow through the first couple levels, including the bosses. But the game thinks you're still at like the whatever level seven or whatever. So the, if you beat level one and you beat level two, the game's over. It thinks like that's the final bosses. <laughs> wow. So yeah, it's a cool, it's a really cool, uh, that's glitch. An interesting like, glitch. Yeah. It's, and actually that glitch is used by some speedrunners who, who I guess it's with a, you know, the, any percentage category, like how fast you can finish the game no matter, with glitches or anything. And it shaves off about six minutes from a run. Makes sense. Yep. Number three, the game is short as hell. <laughs> so while novice players can spend hours roaming the forest and searching for items and treasure, Seasoned uh, Wizards and Warriors players can knock out this game in under an hour. So the current world record is from a player, Dark Terex. Uh, in 2018, he beat the game in just 16 minutes and 27 seconds. And that's without glitches either. Wow. Super fast. Um, it took me while, 16 minutes and 27 seconds <laughs> just to try to climb that tower. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this, <laughs> that's literally. really that's really fast. I mean, I don't know. I have to watch that video because that, that's amazing. Um, but I did see a video on YouTube the other day from 2011 that I thought was even more impressive. And that's a uh, no death run. So wow. this guy, Eric Cummings, did it again in 2011. And it's like recorded on an original like console. It looks like it was like recorded on the VHS tape or something really low quality. Um, but yeah, the guy didn't die in the whole game. And in this game, that's with the pathetic swordplay and stuff, that's incredible how he that's did that. That's nuts. I don't know, have any idea. I'd love to see that. I have no idea how you would do that. No, I mean, you die like 500 times in this game. So that's, that's crazy. So uh, number four, Wizards and Warriors was adapted into a book. So in uh, 1990, Scholastic published a Wizards and Warriors book, a, a book aimed at young readers. It was part of a series called Worlds of Power. And these books were all based on Nintendo games. Uh, other titles included Ninja Gaiden, Bionic Commando, Castlevania 2, and they even had, Dustin, you're like this one, uh, Bases Loaded 2. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a big baseball nut, so that'd be, I'd, I'd love to check that out. Yeah. Like, the author said something like, well, there's no story, so he just made up this whole like story. Like, they had nothing <laughs> to go on. So, and he said it actually was one of his favorite books to write. So, that's that's pretty cool, I think. Um, actually, so I, I bought a copy of the Wizards and Warriors book and read it before this podcast. Mm. So my, my research runs deep, by the way. Uh, and, and let me just say this. So it, it reads like the author wrote it like a weekend project, you know, just like stream of consciousness, get it done kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but I, as a kid in the 80s, you know, wizards or, war, you know, warriors, there's like fantasy stuff. Like I, I could see how a kid would totally dig this. And for sure, um, for sure. The book, the story of the book basically is like a kid gets sucked into the land of Elrond and he has to like, it's like a buddy comedy type thing where these 
you know, like an Encino man type thing. I don't know what the genre is where fish out of water. I think it is where he's in a fantasy world and then he's exposed to this night. The night doesn't understand his language and they have to kind of learn together kind of a thing. They so, are treading on dangerous ground, converting a game that has so many characters based on a Tolkien book into a book. They are lucky that Tolkien did not sue the, their pants off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Is. Elrond printed in the book. Yeah. Galadriel <laughs> printed in the book. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, and actually, I did know about these books prior to the podcast because they were published by one of my favorite business authors, this guy named Seth Godin. He hmm. went under the, the name FX9. And I was like, why would he? Like, FX9 seems so strange. And what I found out was he used nine because the books would then be found near Nintendo books in the library. Or books oh, store, interesting. Because of how they were organized. When you're using so. the Dewey Decimal System. Dewey Decimal System, right. <laughs> uh, and a shout out to our buddy Don Van Dam. So I posted about these Worlds of Power books online and people actually, there was a pretty awesome conversation. Some people had read them and there's a lot of nostalgia, but Don Van Dam went out and he actually bought the Metal Gear one. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so he got it. He says, I hope there it includes a reference to, I feel asleep which is a famous typo in the Metal Gear game, if you, if you didn't know. Interesting. I didn't um, know that. And it, but it made, it made me remember. So uh, one of the special items in Metal Gear was a pack of cigarettes. So I started thinking about that. Like, that's so crazy. Like, how 80s was totally it to have 80s. cigarettes as an item? And actually, in the Wizards and Warriors book, the main character, the kid, he says he remembered, he, he made an ashtray for his dad as a school project. <laughs> oh, man. And I totally, totally remember that. Totally that. remember that. Yeah. That's the that's 80s. Right? Like, <laughs> wouldn't you like, you would like press your thumbs in like yeah. the clay or whatever you're, or the whatever Because you, you had to make the the uh, the thing in the side so that they, the cigarette could, you know. The rest. Dangle right? the rest yeah. for, oh my God. But isn't that weird to think today? Like kids <laughs> so, at school making ashtrays for their parents. Candy cigarettes. Like we'd yeah. walk around school with candy cigarettes, puffing some uh, fake smoke out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Big league chew, right? It was like simulating oh, like tobacco, yeah. tobacco That's chew. That's still around, I think. I, I think I saw it the other day. Crazy. All right. And number five, uh, the high score list features names of the game's programmers and early employees at Rare. Hmm. So after the game is over, you see the high score list, which includes like, what well, looks like random initials, right? Well, through some research, and uh, there's this guy, ColecoFan1981, on the digital press forums. He, uh, well, actually, I didn't do much research myself. He basically laid this whole thing out. He said that PP and RME were initials for Paul Proctor and Rachel M. Edwards, who they're, they're believed to be the primary programmers of Wizards and Warriors. And uh, I didn't know about either of those. So that's really cool that like uh, we now know who programmed this game. Mm -hmm. um, there's MB, which is Mark Betteridge. So he was actually the Battletoads developer. Oh, cool. And TDJ, which is Tim Stamper, one of the co-founders of Rare. Well, there so you go. it's cool that their name's in the game. And uh, lastly, here's a bonus fact. So remember when I mentioned Super Metroid earlier in the podcast? Uh, where there's actually an episode of Captain and the Game Master. I don't know if you guys remember that cartoon from the it was like early 90s or something. Um, there's one episode that features the mother brain from Metroid and Malkil from Wizards and Warriors, like teamed up basically. And oh, there's, cool. uh, yeah, there's several Wizards and Warriors elements in the game. Like there's gems. There's these like little doors and trees. There's the greedy night guy. So if you want to look it up, just uh, check out Captain and the Game Master and you'll see the, this weird mashup of like nintendo properties including wizards and warriors yeah. and uh metroid Neat. so there you go 
And that was five ridiculously interesting facts about wizards and those wacky warriors. Wacky warriors. All right. Thank you, Zach. It's You're wacky. Welcome. It's wacky Wednesday. I'm oh, sorry. I'm flipping into my 80s DJ voice there for a second. All right, guys. Now let's talk about memories of playing wizards and warriors back in the day. We collected feedback on Twitter, Facebook, Facebook, <laughs> Facebook, Facebook, maybe Facebook. I think that's what it's called nowadays. Uh, and Instagram by asking people to finish this sentence. My fondest memory of playing Wizards and Warriors is, well, at Ryu Krieger says, underscore Krieger says, my fondest memory of Wizards and Warriors is the music. The game is fantastic, but the music really stuck with me. I catch myself playing the potion music in my head to this day. Well, apparently he likes the music, at least there, Alex. Huh? I know, uh, <laughs> He's right, by the way, not Alex, yeah. but Ryu Yeah, Krieger. Alex That's is called wrong. brainwashing. He was, he was, at j well no at lj white 28 says the year i got a nintendo my aunt bought me a power pad game for christmas i didn't have a power pad so my dad took me to trade it for a new game i traded it for wizards and warriors and loved it beat the game and traded it to a kid at school for excite bike i was dumb (laughs) bro i love love better trading king trade i gotta agree on that one i would do the same even if I had Excite Bike, I'd still trade it, and now I'd have two. I'd be in better shape. <laughs> I would oh, wow. Now JP's. Uh, yeah, I would trade there. Wizards and Warriors for a Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have done that too, but that's just because I was a uh, portly gentleman, as even as a child. Um, Bear at the Retro Bear Den says, "My fondest memory of playing Wizards and Warriors is playing it for the very first time. My mom bought it for me as a surprise. She asked me to get her a pair of socks out of her dresser drawer." I opened up the drawer and the game was inside. I have loved the game ever since. Well, that's kind of nice. nice. That's that actually me? really cool. Yeah. yeah. At J Kindred. Is that, same, is that the same sock drawer where she kept her Fabio books? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I had the very many thoughts about different uh, drawers and yeah. mother's dressers, but I'm not <laughs> oh, going yeah, that's there. Right. Uh, mom, <laughs> is it this thing? Batteries in it? No, no. Mom, the remote's <laughs> no, vibrating. It's- yeah. Why is the back massager in your top drawer and hidden under socks? No, mom? Not it. Top I'm drawer, not, not bottom drawer, son. Top I'm drawer. Sorry, I encouraged this. Uh, at J Kindred seventy four says priceless. My buddy and neighbor Matt Bomer and I spent an entire weekend in nineteen eighty seven timing each other on both this and Legend of Zelda. Heck oh, that's yeah. cool. So doing like speed runs even back yeah. then. That's a heck of a year for video games, man. Nineteen eighty seven. So totally. I mean, that was actually when Zelda hit. I think too that same year. So yeah. awesome. Uh, Bob P says, my fondest memory is playing through with my son last night. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Plus one. Some, of us, some of us have uh, not done that before. Uh, Merlin R says, my fondest memory of playing Wizards and Warriors is renting it from the local shop after having played and not really liking Iron Sword. I had a ball with it. It was goofy, but still challenging. Not sure why they did what they did for the sequel. And I'm a little leery on trying the third game or the Game Boy title. Let me uh, save you some trouble here, Merlin. <laughs> Those games are trash. Don't worry about it. Exactly. By the way, I'm so happy that we heard from Merlin about Wizards and Warriors. That just seems so appropriate, doesn't it? (laughs) Totally there. Did we hear from Fabio, though? That's the big question. Let's keep looking. Why didn't Uh, we get him for this? That's a miss. (laughs) That's a total miss. Uh, Andrew L. says, I found it CIB at the flea market for a dollar once. Wow. That's interesting. That JP's probably jealous. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) JP's red in the face right now. (laughs) Uh, Scott E says your character looks nothing like the warrior on the label. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. 
Cooper 57 says, haven't played it since I was young, but I remember always imagining that the warrior was on a pogo stick because of the way he hops and bounces around. <laughs> totally. And the doors, why are they so small and scale to the warrior sprite, but the gems and chests are so big. The scale of everything is all over the place. I guess I never thought about the gems being massive. Like I, the knight would have to carry like one large gem, like the size of his body. Yeah. There's definitely no like relation to every, everything is the, you open this tiny chest and there's 20 of those giant gems in it. How did that work? Is it a Mary Poppins chest? Like what's going on here? Well, I yeah, guess no. he does. Yeah. I guess he does have a bag, like a Mary's Poppins bag because it's, it is wizards and warriors. But yeah, when you've got to carry a hundred of those around, come on. I, I think my highest level uh, total in a level is 318 gems. Like, cramming. That's cramming. Right. <laughs> The thing that got me, even with reading the book, was that who left these items lying around? And when you read the book, it's so ridiculous because the items become like this plot device that makes no sense. Like, oh, no, the fire level's coming up. Open that box, kid. Oh, the boots of lava oh, walk. So, it's all, you know, uh, what's, it's just, what's that called? Uh, do, do ex machina or however yeah, you call yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for the hell of it. You just put it in there. And I felt, I kept waiting for that to pay off at some point. Like, oh, they're, you know, some magical being helped them by, you know, helping them out with items. Yeah, I had no idea, no answers whatsoever. Yeah. So. All right, guys, let's now uh, chat with the, the four of us here. Well, uh, two of us really about our memories of the playing Wizards and Warriors back in the day. I know myself and JP ha- have never played it again. Let's start with you, Zach, on this part. Never played it again. Never played it ever. No, that's, that's right. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Never played. Um, Zach, what about your memories playing back in the day? Yeah, this game is just one big nostalgia bomb for me. So this is one of the first games that I bought with my own money, probably mm. birthday money or something like that, like yeah. 1988. Um, I loved everything about this game back in the day, played the hell out of it. Um, and we'll talk about this in a bit. But I, when I went back to playing this game, I had most of the item locations just burned into my memory. Like I just, oh, I still remembered so much. And when that happens, it makes you realize that, I mean, must have played this game a hundred times, 150 times, like to have memory that would last like, you know, 30 years or something like that. Totally. Um, so yeah, this is just one of those games that, um, you know, played the heck out of and enjoyed every bit of it. I thought right. this was going to remind you of how you never had a girlfriend for so long. <laughs> <laughs> no, it reminds him of how he uh, hangs his girlfriends on a wall and then walks away from him after he cuts them down. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, hey, I hesitate. Hey, Peace out. I hate. I hesitate to ask, but Jay, uh, Alex, your memories of this game back in the day. Oh, it's a great, fantastic mm. game. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I hated the hell out of this game. Didn't like it at all. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember when I got this game. Um, so you I, owned it? I did. Yeah, I owned it. I don't really know if I bought this game brand new or if it was given to me for Christmas, or what. But, um, yeah, it's, I don't have any good, fond memories of this game whatsoever. I know it's very forgiving, and you could, you know, continue and stuff like that. It's just, it held no significant joy for me whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to move on and talk about our playthrough over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, everyone except Alex their thoughts about specific aspects of Wizards and Warriors so we can focus a bit more on what makes the game unique and memorable. Uh, so what about the fun factor? How fun was the game? We already heard from Alex. I'm going to cross you off the list. Mm-hmm. You did not like this and it was not fun. I'm uh, I'm curious about JP because I, there's you did say a little bit. You've, you've dropped a little hint. It sounds like it was not fun for you either. I mean, it started out fun, um, and then by the end of it, I'd realized that I destroyed my thumb with the controller, forgetting how 
uh, uncomfortable yeah. Nintendo controllers are. I really need to totally. get my hands on a dog bone because I, I wanted to throw the controller on the ground multiple times. I was getting so upset and I wasn't sure if it was the controller because I don't know. Well, if we can get into that later, but um, it was it was OK in the beginning. And then I just got tired of it and just didn't want to play it anymore. And was yeah. like, yeah, something that made you game. tired. Was it just the, the amount of jumping? Was it that would it get repetitive? What was it, it about was, it that? Yeah, I think it was it was like when I was trying to jump from ledges and I would jump, but it was like double jump. I'd jump onto another ledge and then it would jump again when I didn't jump down. And I'm like, what? I didn't jump a second time. What's going on here? Like it was just getting up and down on these ledges just and you never knew how much space you really had to on that ledge and jumping in and out of the doors constantly. That was frustrating. I really hated that. Mm. I'll, I'll go next. Uh, I, I, I thought this game was a lot of fun. I really had a great time with it. I, uh, for the first a month ago when we were doing our last main, main, uh, podcast episode, Zach popped it in, uh, and I played it for about 20 minutes and I got through about the second level and I'm like, yeah, this is a good time. And, um, playing it through the last few weeks, uh, I pop it in every couple of days and play and get a little bit further and like, I, um, I don't know. I just had a lot of fun with it. And I think the frustrating parts for, for me on the game, um, I, I think were just the stuff that I'm challenged with, with jumping and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, otherwise like the game is like pretty straight ahead. And like, I, you know, I never felt like I didn't know what to do other than a couple of little things like, uh, why is this door not letting me in and realizing, oh, not only do I have to have the gems, I have to have the key. But like, I kind of knew like, all right, go beat up everything, get as many gems as you can and go to the boss. Yeah, like totally. it, it's, it's pretty much straightforward at every level. So, um, I enjoyed the heck out of it. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I'm with you. I think there's a learning curve. Like you got to figure out like what, yeah, yeah, what do these do? What do these weapons do? What, like what do these doors do? I need a key. What's a gray door. Do I need a key for that? And the jumping thing, I know that's going to frustrate some people because there is a lot of falling and that sort of a thing. But once you get the hang of it, yeah, like I just liked the reason I think this game is fun. It's low pressure. There's so many NES games, like I said, that are so right. stressful, you, instant death, so hard. Like this is the kind of game where you could just throw on and jump around and explore and you die. It doesn't make a difference. You just kind of you just play it. And yes. Yes. Um, this is far from a perfect game. No, so in, right. in some cases you could even call it broken. Like there's something <laughs> absolutely like the, like the, the attack like we talked about. I, I froze the game twice. I didn't tell you guys this earlier, but like I used the post or the uh, levitation on a couple of the bosses and I, and it, the game locked up. And one time I beat the boss and the treasure hoard didn't come up. So I, I couldn't advance. I was stuck in the boss room. Like there's stuff like that where it's just really weird, but it has this endearing quality because I think it's just kooky. It's original. Um, and I could just kick back and play through the whole game and just have a, have a good time. So I don't know. I, I've, I've always really enjoyed this game. And I know, I know that Dustin, you and I are a lot alone. I know a lot of people totally dug this game. Yeah. And I, I will say like, it made me think about the fact that I think I would have said this game was not fun at all. If I didn't go ahead and do the walkthrough, like, I went, I followed, I found one online that kind of told, had a map and told you where to go on the screen. And, um, I think if I didn't do that, I would not have had fun. Cause it's like, wait, now I need the blue key crap. Like, where's the blue key? How do I get the red key? I don't understand. Like there, yeah. you know, the walkthrough tells you like, go get this key. Cause the key, the next key you need is in that room. So I think without that, I would have been way more, it would have been more like a Zelda experience for me, um, where oh, totally. I just felt right. lost the whole entire time. Exploring isn't quite as fun or easy as Zelda in this game, especially, right? It's like, right. 
you know, I'm going to jump around and fall a bunch because, and I don't know where I'm going. That doesn't sound very fun, but if you know where you're going, it's worth the work to get there, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's move on to the graphics. What'd you guys think about the graphics, JP? I, you know, I thought they weren't bad. I mean, it, it really isn't a bad looking game. I mean, yeah, definitely the artwork doesn't lend into what it really looks like, but it wasn't too bad looking. There's, there's a lot going on for sure. And, um, you know, I, I liked it. I like the use of the colors and everything. Uh, again, I didn't read any of the manuals, so I didn't understand what the potions <laughs> did until I did read some stuff online. I'm like, oh, this one helps you jump more. This one makes you, I mean, the one that makes you faster kind of makes sense. You just watch your little legs go, you know, really fast. <laughs> I'll say even reading the manual, I kind of didn't know what was yeah, going it's... on with those potions half the time. <laughs> um, I'll talk about the graphics. I think overall the graphics are good. I think they're pretty accessible. Like you kind of know what's going on. There's a few places where the graphics kind of hurt my playthrough. Um, there's one level where you have, there's like um, jail kind of cell windows. They're like um, rounded on the top. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I didn't realize until accidentally falling onto one that, that those also have a ledge there. It doesn't really you could, look you like it. On them, yeah. So I was like, how am I supposed to get over to that thing? And I jumped and fell and I was like, oh wait, like that's an actual ledge. Um, the other one I had a problem with was the castle out exterior jumping up it. It's really hard to tell what's what you can land on and what you can't. There's it's a it's a distinction that like especially at your when you're near one of the top of the turrets. I'm like, can I actually land over there? I need mm -hmm. to jump and land on the next one. Is that a landable area or not? So it was hard to tell. But otherwise, I really like I enjoyed the graphics. I think it was pretty uh, like I said, pretty easy to tell what's going on. Um, even on a modern TV, like I didn't have a problem with uh, with how it looked and. Uh, this is actually the first NES game that we've played for the podcast that I've actually played on on you know real hardware. So I don't know how to necessarily compare it to any of the other ones we've done, but just in general, I I thought they were good. What about you, Zach? Yeah, same. I think they're decent for the time, not mind blowing. But one thing that's cool is if you go and you look at the maps of this game, you can see just how like impressive the level design is. Um, the game when you play it is very zoomed in, right? You can see part of a tree or you can see a couple enemies around you, but you come all you, if you take it all the way out and you see the overall level, you can see the trees from the top to the bottom. You can see where all the chests are placed. And everything. It just looks it looks nice when you see a map. Uh, a good example of that is the, the last level, the, last, the boss, the, the boss, final yeah. boss room. So, again, you're zoomed in when you're playing it. You're just standing on all these weird kind of uh, rocky levels. When you zoom all the way out and you look at the map, it's shaped like one big skull. Yeah. which is really cool. So there's I things that like that. I think I did that. I, the, the yeah. walkthrough site that I used and I was like, Oh, that's neat. It's a skull. I did. Yeah. It's that. cool. I mean, even the forests, like if you look at, if you look at the map again, you'll see there's color bands, like the bottom of the trees have a certain color background. Then as you get higher, the colors in the background change. So there's some cool stuff like that. I, again, not mind blowing, but it's original for the time. There's not many games that look like this. There's not many games where levels are formatted like this. Yeah. So, um, I, I think it's, it's, it's totally, it totally works for the time. All right, Alex, I'm going to take a chance here and ask for your quick opinion of the graphics. <laughs> They're unique in like a failing way. You know? <laughs> I thought it's it was like, going well. It was no, like, oh, hey, unique. I like that. Yeah, okay. In a failing They're way. unique. It's a unique fail. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't, the colors in the game, like, okay, we're going to create a, a Night Wizards and Warriors game, but we're going to use hot pink as a key and blue as a key and this really <laughs> muddy red that we're going to call red, but it looks like brown. Right, and uh, <laughs> then we're going to have these bats, and they're all going. Their bats are going to be different colors. Like some bats are pink, flying at you. Some bats are red or whatever. This brown color flying at you. I guess some of them are stronger than the other ones. I don't know. And um, 
I don't know, man. I mean, you have these little werewolves jumping around on the uh, on the forest level, and they blow bubbles at you. God, dude, I don't understand what's going on sometimes <laughs> with some of these. The the coolest character yeah. in this entire game, the coolest characters in this entire game, I think, are the the skeletons that are throwing bones. How come we can't oh, have yeah. more guys like that? What's yeah. that? How come yeah, those are cool guys? You know, those throughout cool. the game, you, you have little secret gem rooms, but you also have these little secret invisible boxes that you could hit, like Mario that gems would fly out of. How come there wasn't more yeah. of those around for secret weapons and stuff? How come you couldn't... And there uh, were secret rooms, too. Yeah, yeah secret how, rooms. How come yeah. you couldn't break through some of these brick walls and find food and stuff like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just... It seems like there's, like... It was a good attempt, but at some point, I don't know what those going on with the game design. It feels like they just got a little lazy with some of these things. Like, they could have done it, it, a little bit more to make a, a great game. On the enemies, I'll agree with one thing there, which is... Um, the onslaught of enemies is weird to the point where there's a lot of flicker. Yeah. Like they just put way too many enemies. And then we talked about the bees, like the second half of the first level, you just tons of bees coming at you and, and it's, it's really hard to defend yourself. And um, yeah, it, it doesn't feel, it feels sometimes like a little bit too much. Um, going back to the Japanese version of the game, one of the changes they did was they took out, I don't know if all of them, I have to wait till I get my copy, but they took out either some or all of the enemies off the first forest level on the outside of the trees. Mm. So, what? and I'm wondering, yeah, I'm wondering because, you know, you start the game also, there's, like you said, there's guys running around the ground, throwing bubbles at you and stuff. There's these evil flies. There's these birds that swoop down. There's birds that are shooting at you. It's just a lot going on. And, and for some reason, Rare said, well, Let's take all that out. Yeah, or most of it out. It. Yeah. So maybe they even recognize that it was a little too haphazard well, the way the. I the wonder if that would change uh, my opinion of the game because you're originally thrown in there and you're it's like an instant platformer where you're jumping on these little small thin tree trunks. So you have to deal with that, and then you got these big you know eagles flying down and batting you and stuff, and it's just like, dude, what's happening right now? Like, yeah, I don't that leads us into uh, that leads us into our next question. I'll start with you, Alex. Here. Um, what, so what do you think about the challenge overall of the game? Is it too easy, too hard, just well, right? Um, so what, and then maybe one thing that gave you the most trouble. Sure. Well, it's totally forgiving, right? I mean, I think you said yeah. that like unlimited, uh, continues, right? Yeah. That's the yeah. only reason I didn't get rid of this game when I had it is because it's a <laughs> game you could throw on and you don't have to worry about it. You can just go continue, continue, continue. I think though, when I was a kid, I really hated, uh, almost doing the unlimited continues because you lose all your, um, once you lose your points, I think you, you lose your score. Yeah, you didn't points, lose you know, the gems though, right? Deal. You kept the no, gems. no you, you keep the gems. Yeah, that would be interesting though if you did. If there was some penalty, you yeah, know, that would be or lose I, your keys or something. Yeah, I yeah. think that's the best. I mean, look, dude, when I played through this game, I I, I told you guys, and I'll tell the audience, I hacked my uh, my NES Mini Classic, so I downloaded all 900 games onto this thing, so I was able to use the save feature on the mini classic to continue my game. And so I actually got through most of the game only use, losing one or two guys and on the original uh, continue. And looking back at it now, if this game had a save feature, I probably would have liked it a lot more. If this game had a map where you could see on the screen where you were in that level, or you had to collect a map like in Zelda, and then you got to see the entire layout of the, of the level, right? That would have been so much better yeah. at the time. Yeah. Because to your point, Dustin, we didn't have walkthroughs back in the day. Yeah. So the frustrating but, point for me was like just figuring out what the heck am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? It was just, you know, a whole mess. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that I think that's you know a good point, and I'll, I'll chime in here on the challenge. I think the challenge for me it was uh, it's a it was the game's a bit easy because you can just continue and f- indefinitely. Um, the only penalty part on continues is if you're at the boss, and that's where I got yeah. tripped up a couple of times. Is I was having difficulty kind of following the boss. Um, I again, as I said earlier, though, I think that that is wholly dependent on the fact that I had a walkthrough. And so this would have definitely been a game that I would have I've talked about before on previous episodes that I would often take graph paper and map out games. Yeah, Um, I would or I had friends that had done it and they would come over and we would like they would say, go here, go here. I've done, you know, so I would I would have had to have relied on uh, some other knowledge or some gathering uh, intel gathering on my own to have enjoyed this game back in the day. Well, you know um, what, JP? In my playthrough this time, it I had I, I thought it was an easy game, and I yeah. thought it was a, a good time. I'd like to hear JP. I don't know if JP used the map or anything. I'd like to hear his point. JP, yeah, let's yeah. go to you. Uh, what about the challenge on the game for this for you? Um, you know, I didn't use any kind of map or anything like that. Although I think as I got more frustrated later on, I did pull something up to kind of look at some like, okay, you know, how do I find this key or where's that key at? Cause it started to get a little frustrating that like you needed, like, you know, again, I didn't read anything. So I didn't know keys to open up chests. I didn't know about the boots being able to kick open chests Cause I finally got the boots and then I still was running around looking for keys when I could have been busting open the, um, the chest with the boots. Didn't know. Um, but you know, it, it, to me it was challenging, you know, it was, I, th- you know, yeah, I think when you compare it to Zelda, Zelda is probably even more challenging, but I think Zelda is a lot more fun to me personally. You know, I like Zelda. <laughs> I didn't like this game. <laughs> well, well, hold on. Um, Let me ask you a question then. So right up until the point you started looking for maps and you were really frustrated, scale of one to 10, what was your frustration level? I think to, you know, when I, when I got stuck in some spots, I was probably getting up there like seven or eight. I was getting yeah. pretty like, you know, especially cause the controller started to really hurt my hand and I'm like constantly jumping and trying to move around and you know, you're flinging around your sword and it doesn't do anything constantly. Just guys are just running into you and you're like, Dude. well, what's the point of the sword? Like, it's just yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Now imagine you're 12 years old and you don't have access to maps. Oh you know yeah. No, you're at a I seven or eight this. the I, I would have taken it back to the rental. I, I would be like, yeah, you can keep this stupid game. Where's excited right. bike? <laughs> Zach, chime in here on the challenge for you. Yeah, I was, in, I was just going to say to finish that thought was that oh, yeah. you, as a kid, though, it's frustrating, but you probably had three times the amount of time that we all do, right? So you're going to oh, stay yeah. more committed right. right, to that. Um, one thing about the jumping to JP I've noticed is if you hold the jump button down, he'll keep jumping. So yeah. that, could be, that could be why the jumping feels weird sometimes because if you hold the button down a little too long, he'll jump again. Yeah. yeah. I, might I messed myself up yeah. there. I messed myself up on the castle uh, exterior a couple times where I still had the button held as mm-hmm. I was as I landed and then I jumped up right off the platform. Yeah. I'm like, no! <laughs> easy thing they could have taken out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Challenge-wise, this is the easiest game we've played for this podcast, hands down. Um, the only challenge in this game we is exactly... We played SimCity. That's harder. I didn't finish SimCity. I didn't get to the highest oh level of God. SimCity. Are you re- yeah. literally telling our, our listeners right now that SimCity is a harder game than Wizards of Warriors? I would agree with them. I would agree with them. Wrong. Yeah. Absolutely Getting wrong. That, I'm, saying, I'm saying completing the game. A, a megalopolis in SimCity is, is extremely difficult to get to. This game is easy because... You have the unlimited continues. You've got the, if you have a map, you know where everything's at. There's no random elements. Um, the only challenge in this game is just trying to locate the items if you don't know where they are. And there's one, only one jump in the game that I think is extremely difficult. And that's the feather of Featherfall one. JP, you mentioned that early, like to try to get that feather. Yeah. Because you have yeah, to go get I- the blue potion. And then before it runs out, and that's the potion that makes you faster. 
good. Then you have to run up a bunch of like platforms yeah. and then make this hard jump. And if you, I gave up on that one. Point, forget it. I yeah. never, I, I ended up getting the feather later. I think two, le- two levels later, you can get it again. But oh, I, I tried know. that run through. I tried like blue potion and do it. Oh, I did it like a hundred, so I probably 15 or 20 times. And I said, forget it. This I is had just flashbacks. That was, that was one of the parts in the game where I flashback to when I was like 10 years old or whatever. And I was like, I remember, I remember doing that. I remember getting it. And, uh, and then I looked up and I was like, of course, yeah, I need the blue thing. And then boom, I got it. So. Yeah, um, cool. This game yeah. feels like that. Yeah. And as far as let's just wrap up my thoughts on the challenge, I have no problem with this game being easy, by the way, because if they made limited lives or continues, it would have ruined this game because the fighting's too wonky. You would have just died anyway. It's yeah. not possible for most players to get far on one life if they would have had pit deaths. Like the game, even though it's weird and broken in some ways, I think it just it works being just this like chill game that you could just play and wander around. If the continues put you back to the beginning of the level and like wiped off your gems, I would have just thrown this game away. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't be here. I would be here on this podcast today saying, yeah, I gave up after level two. Like, there's no way I would just I. uh, Yeah. So and that's more in line with the way that most NES games are. Yeah. like that. Yeah. In fact, my son was playing Wizards and Warriors. He dug it. He's four years old. Right. So he's jumping around, having a good time, dies, no big deal. And then he played, I think he was playing the, uh, he played the NES classic after, I think he played Ninja Gaiden or something. Um, and like, I don't know, he might've gotten 20 seconds of play time out of it. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. you just boom, you're dead. Right. I mean, so this game at least allows all players to have fun. So I, I think, I, think cool. I concur. All right, let's move on to uh, tips and tactics. What uh, tips and tactics did you guys come across? Uh, it sounds like JP didn't read anything, so we don't need to ask him. Uh, and Alex's tip is like, throw this in the garbage, I'm betting. Um, so I'll start and say uh, my favorite tip that I came across uh, was if you shoot mo- a lot of the gems, if you shoot them, you get two. So there's a couple levels that you have 200, you have to get 200 gems to get. Um, so I spent the entire time of going in that level, shooting all, every gem instead of touching it. So that's it, interesting. I'm curious about that because I never realized, cause I thought that it was like some colored gems were two, some were one. So you're saying that if you shoot them, there are more points too. There, well, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but the way that I, I had seen that and when I did it, it happened. So mm-hmm. maybe it is, maybe it is based. Yeah. On I don't color. know either, but I'm just, yeah. I've always, cause I know there's different colored ones and stuff too, but like that would make sense though to if, if it is true, yeah. it would make sense because it's harder, you know, in well, some ways. So, because like the, the level that you needed 200, I ended up with 318 without having to wander around at all. Like hmm. I, and the level, the last level that you, spoiler alert, the last level that you need 100 to get to the, the boss, um, I, yeah, I had like, <laughs> I had like 94 or something before and then was like, okay, now I need to wander to the bottom for a minute. Yeah, so maybe I, you're right I had then. a ton we'll of to figure that out because yeah. that level, that second to last level, there isn't there isn't enough gems on that level to get like, you have to, you have to kill enemies to get gems. You can't, yeah. there's no freely available gems enough of those to, I also was going finish. slower than you, I'm guessing. So I was getting more enemies than I'm guessing too. gems. <laughs> I'm guessing too. Well, and we'll, the, we can talk about that real quick uh, on a specific thing. So Zach and I were talking last night when I was doing my playthrough and I've got to the, um, to the outside climbing the outside of the tower and I sent him a text and I, I think it said something like F, this stupid tower climb or something like that. Yeah. I'd, I I was just kept falling to the floor and doing it over and over again. And so he's talking to me about it. And, and then 
because he's kind of a jerk. He sends me like, oh, go to whatever timestamp in this in my uh, YouTube playthrough, which is him finishing uh, finishing the entire tower climb, making uh, fell one at one point and also uh, got all the way to the end, didn't have the key, had to fall back down, get the key and go back up. Did that all in under three minutes. It took me literally 15 minutes to climb the tower. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, thanks for showing me that. That's helpful, Zach. <laughs> That was a great text last night, I have to say. <laughs> but I did get to the top. I, I am the guy who has repeatedly said that this game, that I am terrible at jumping in games. And I'm playing this game on uh, modern television. I had it set to game mode, which, by the way, vastly improved it. Like I, I had the TV set wrong before. And, a few, and like a month or two ago, I finally flipped it over to the game mode. And, oh, my gosh, it's so much better. Um, so I'm playing on a modern TV and a guy who doesn't enjoy jumping and I made it. So like, I was like doing the little happy dance when I got to the top That's of that. Pretty tower. big That's deal. Just- I was happy for you too. In fact, you and I had a, a beer at like, you know, virtual beer together at like one o'clock in the morning last night, you know, <laughs> climbing that castle. Like that is all it is, is jumping and you hate jumping and you're not good at it. And it, for you to get to the top, that's a, that is a big moment. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was stoked about that. Um, what about tips and tactics from Zach? You're probably the only one other one here. We need to uh, get some info from. Well, yeah, I got a few. Um, so again, I played this game like crazy. So I found a few things. Um, number one is you don't need all the keys. So Dustin, you said earlier about noting right. the color of the door, like noting the color of the boss door, right? Right. All you need is if the boss door is pink, and the guardian says 50 gems. That's all you need. Get the pink key, 50 gems, go to the next level. Like there's Unless probably, the pink key is in the blue door. Yes. There's a couple levels like that, or <laughs> at least true. one. Yeah. Level two is like that. Yeah. There's one, the fire level. I think there's, it's like that too. Um, or the level that comes after, right? So you're, you pass a door. You're like, oh, it's a red door. I don't have a red key. Okay. Go find the red key. Come back, get in the door. Now find the pink key inside the red door. Yeah. That's kind of annoying, but the, just get the minimum amount of keys you need. Um, the whole bounce from below thing by getting hit by an enemy, like again, that's really useful on level one. So you jump, enemy hits you from below, they'll actually push you up higher so you can get mm-hmm. to higher places. Um, that is in the manual, by the way, I think, or somewhere. So it like, you know, it's it's some people should know that, but um, it is curious why they put the that they put the potion of levitation on level one in the Japanese version, because like that totally makes more sense, right? Right. Is be able to levitate to get to the higher spots. Um the last boss, uh, if you, uh, the, if you, so in the last boss room, it's a big skull. Like I said, you're chasing the, the wizard around. He's disappearing and appearing in front of you, behind you, above you. And he's shooting at you at the same time. It's really tempting to just chase him around. But best thing to do is to find a safe spot. Uh, the whole, sh- the whole room shaped like a skull. If you stand just to the left of what would be the skull's jaw, you, you, ha- you have the ability to hit him in three different places where he appears and you don't have to move. You just stand there. Yeah. He appears in front of you, hit him. He appears above you, hit him. And you can take him out pretty easy. You can almost beat him without getting hit. So, and if you do get hit, guess what? It really doesn't matter because you have unlimited continue. So you just, you just keep going. So yeah. um, with getting those items, like I said earlier, not getting all the keys um, and just, you know, knowing again where those items are, like you'll be able to breeze through this game pretty quickly. Most players should be able to. Yeah. All right. Um, hesitate. This is another question I hesitate to ask, but I'll, uh, I think I have a, I'll start this uh, and say, is there anything that would have made this game better or good? Is it good the way it is? Um, I think the things, and we've talked about this before. I think the things that we think would improve the game would actually hurt it. Like if they fixed a few of the things like the quirkiness of the fighting, then it would be too easy, but then they'd have to fix. I think they'd have to fix too many different things to make this game better. I'll, I, I would say though, the sword doing, doing anything, 
and the animation not being so silly would be nice. Um, the sword is pretty much useless, um, which again, if they, if it was, it, it, that's, if you didn't have unlimited continues, how useless that sword is, it, the, you, some game, some people wouldn't even get off the first screen. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they could have done. Maybe um, JP, do you have any ideas? No, not really. I think what you said is, is probably pretty accurate. I mean, for me, it was just understanding the jumping and, you know, that was annoying. And then, yeah, the, the flailing of the sword because stuff is just coming down left and right from you and you're like trying to hit it and it literally you don't touch it. So it's like, well, what's the point of the sword? Yeah. And that reminds me, I forgot to mention that um, the when you have the um, feather fall or feather of falling or whatever it's called. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Um that we kind of touched on earlier how how touchy that is that when you're floating down that was actually the what gave me the most difficulty on the um uh tower level is uh trying to be accurate when i missed a jump or or when i'm trying to get to a ledge with that feather thing and trying to be accurate to land especially on those arrow uh, turrets mm -hmm. which are which are more permanent they stay there unlike the blocks but they're skinnier and so i'm yeah. trying to feather fall down to one of those and I, I there was one run i did where i kept missing like i missed like four of them on the way down because i i would it would i would just try to touch a little bit to the left and it would fling me like halfway across yeah. the screen well that because you're you're trying to hit left or right while also holding up so it's this yeah. weird awkward and then the controller is not the most accurate thing in the world either you know and yeah while also trying to shoot the bugs and yeah, yeah. <laughs> you kind of like that um alex uh i know you've touched on a few things that you'd like to see improved about this game or everything um Make anything else <laughs> yeah any, any different anything specific uh you'd like to say here uh in addition uh yeah i mean i don't know dude the uh the list of things to change about this game is pretty pretty freaking long um <laughs> but focusing on if i'm just looking at like one or two things like i probably as a kid would like the save feature i'm glad yeah. now as an adult i have that if i yeah. since i you know jacked my uh nes thing um i guess the only other thing would be probably copy what the japanese did the more that uh i think about it, now that zach said they took out most of the enemies on on the first level man how great would this game be if they had uh taken out maybe half of the flying bugs and replace them with actual mm -hmm. uh, uh, kung fu style enemies that you have to fight one on one. You know what I'm saying? Like if they're yeah. throwing daggers yep. at you and you have to jump. Oh, over not them not that then... they were like kung fu no, no, characters, no, 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 but no. like character like how the characters in one on kung one fu battle. Work. You've missed me for a minute. No, yeah, one on one battles. One on one battles. If there were more uh, characters like the the skeletons that threw bones throughout the entire game, okay, now we have something. All right. Yes. Or if I have so to fight reducing the swarms. Yeah. Or if I have to fight uh, uh, different levels of wizards throughout the game because you're the yeah. warrior, right? Where are the other right. wizards at? You know. <laughs> so you know some stuff like that. I mean, look, okay. the, the list of things that changed about this game is too long, but yeah, I guess I, I guess I really was looking for a little bit more of a of a challenge than than being annoyed by flying creatures. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. All right, Mr. Zach, let's wrap this up question up yep. here with uh, you. Uh, anything that would make the game better or good the way it is? I'm going to agree with you guys. I think there's just a bunch of stuff they could have changed. There's just, it's, it's almost too much. I mean, uh, they could have started by removing that dying music. I think that would be a really <laughs> nice place to start. Enemies you can actually do, 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 um, do, do. So, uh, the map would have been great. And by the way, uh, I think it's the cutting room floor site. So cutting room floor.net, one of our favorite sites. They did read, they did um, find a map icon in the game code. 
So I think they were going to add a map item and that would have really been helpful yeah. because you would have been able uh, to select. That yep, would have been huge. See, yeah, yeah. Cause not only because you only see the map in the game in between levels to be able to go to the map and see where you're at in that level would have been huge. Cause yeah, you don't know where, you know, like, in the, so you're at the forest level, all you see is trees. You don't even know there's treetops, right? right. If you go to the map, you'd see that also. Uh, it sounds like they were going to put that in. They didn't for some reason, but um, what I would love to see in this game more than anything else, I would love for someone to remake this game mm. because I think the structure of wizards and warriors to me is there. It's weird. It's kooky. It's broken. Like it's so, again, it, there's an endearing quality. That I just love about this game. But if someone would make the bosses more creative, if there was like a puzzle element where like, you know, you're trying to like hit certain buttons to trap a boss in a, in a box or something, or like there's so much more that can be put in this game, new items, um, there, there's just so much someone could add to the, to the foundation of wizards and warriors. That's what I would love to see. Hmm. Uh, because I think someone could take it to the next level. The sequels they did make, they're so vastly different. And they, to me, they totally failed that to, they should have just stuck with what they had and just incrementally made it better. Right. But they okay. went on this wild thing. So, um, yeah, I would, I, I just want someone to revisit this thing. It'd be great. All right. That's fair enough. Okay. Let's move on to the most important question of the podcast. How far did you get and what was your score? To remind everyone about the score competition rules for Wizards and Warriors, we're going by how far you got in the game. I mean, we're there's depending on where you got, there's going to be a final score, and but it's almost meaningless. So maybe we can talk about like how long it took you or something. Um, let's start with you, Alex. Uh, how far did you get? Okay. I'm looking at my uh, screenshots right now here. Um, I got farther than I did when I was a kid. That's for sure. Um, the furthest I got was the uh, interior of the castle part two to the final stage. I didn't to complete the final stage. Oh, um, man. So, close. so yeah, it's just things came up, dude. I mean, we're in a global pandemic. So, you know, forgive me, wizards and warriors. <laughs> um, I didn't finish the game because people are dying and there's like a virus and stuff. But I, yeah, right. I, I what was your score, up, man? I saved uh, Cassandra or whatever it is, and I got uh, three hundred thirty-nine thousand five hundred and sixty-five. All right, but I conti- I, I continued like two levels before that, which sucked. So okay. I wiped out my score. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's go to JP, Mister J to the P. What? Uh, how far did you get? Um, I couldn't get past the second level boss because I got too frustrated with how many times the stupid bats kept taking my life before I got to the final bat. I mean, I'm the with you. On that, I'm with you on that boss. That was actually the hardest part of the game for me was that bat boss. Once I finally got past that was. Well, and was... I was even using the, the boots of levitation. I would just wait till a bat showed up and I would levitate and they would run them. They would run through my sword. So I was fine. And then I get to the final bat boss. And again, I'm flailing my sword around. I have the, the little um, nunchuck sword or whatever flowing around too. And that thing kind of helped. But every time I just kept getting knocked down and I just got so mad. And even before that, before I started looking at the the models to get to that boss, I fell in at the second level. I fell at the very bottom and, you know, the little guards blocking the door and it says a hundred gems and I couldn't get out of that. So literally all the work I'd done through is, the first yeah. level and second level, I don't That's know why I couldn't get out of it. I don't know why. It, it, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's actually hard to get out of that area. Yeah. Uh, and I ended it, up resetting the whole game and starting over. And I was just oh, so mad by that point. I got back to that same point, got to the boss couldn't beat the boss and i was just like all right i'm done with this stupid game yes <laughs> but that, that reminds me though that's of, the feeling uh, i had when i was a kid that was it <laughs> yeah 
that was that reminds me of a tip and tactic for the bot the bats boss that i came across which is when they the level starts just run all the way to the end yeah um, that's what i started i did you, that a yeah, couple if times you have too. the dagger and then you can basically knock all of them off with taking maybe a little bit of damage and then yeah. you have two more b- bats that will come down and then the, the boss bat but i still i probably played that that bats boss uh, 20 times i it yeah. was that was the hard one for me i was getting so mad i was like i'm done with this <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go to zach i i know what you've done but let's go to you i know what you did i know what you did uh, well, before i get to my score i wanted to say thank you to uh blake or at sore thumb collector uh for sharing his score so he finished the game he posted a picture and a mini review on instagram tagged us so thank you for blake for playing along Cool. Um, and yeah, for my score, I know it's a huge surprise to you guys. And everyone, but, uh, beat the game <laughs> and um, finished it in 39 minutes and 37 seconds. Um, you can actually watch my playthrough on YouTube. I uploaded it late last night because I didn't want to tip you guys off too early. Um, if you want to watch it, go to retrogameguys.com. Click the YouTube link. Uh, I sent it to you, Dustin, way like what midnight or something last night yeah well like i mentioned earlier in the podcast you sent it to me just to show off on the tower climb i'm like thanks man yeah. no actually i, I sent it to you to help you because i one oh, of the okay, areas sure, that sure. i was you no know, i did because one of the areas that i was worried about that's that i don't this was one of the pieces i remembered from from being a kid so i didn't I, I don't know how common knowledge it is today but there's a part where you get to one of the spires and you have to jump off to find the key mm-hmm. like, like who would know that who would right. know like, well, I guess I'm going to just jump off to the left because nobody wants to have to climb from the bottom again. Right. So and, I was like, well, at least you'd see that. Yeah. And that's why when I, I, we were talking about the graphics, that's why I mentioned, like, even though I knew that, like it still felt wrong to do it. So I totally get that. Yeah. It's wrong. Okay. Me, right. But, um, yeah, by the way, I, I, if you go to YouTube, I, I created a playlist called finished games, which has this growing list of games that I've, you know, finished. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, recently uploaded a uh, speed run of Super Mario Brothers where I finished it without taking any damage in eight minutes and 41 seconds. So uh, n- no world record or anything like that, but it's a personal best. So. I, you know what? We, we didn't need to see your video. I mean, I think the text yesterday that you sent to us was enough saying, uh, you better finish <laughs> yeah. the game. It doesn't get much easier. Uh, I think that was a pretty good heads up that you finished the game. Uh, I do have a question though, Zach. As a kid, did you finish the game when you originally had this? I think so. Yeah, but I but I remember it being really hard. Yeah, like I remember I remember the last boss being frustrating as heck because he just warps around the room and kicks your butt. Like if I did beat it as a kid, I mean, I do actually remember being as a kid. I, I but it might have been once or twice. It wasn't a game that I was like, oh, I'll sit and just beat this game. It took a long time to get there. So, all right. Yeah. Well, uh, that's everybody but me. I'm going to talk about my score and playthrough uh, and uh, how far I got. And so I'll say uh, what happened for me in this game is that I had that walkthrough and I realized that following that walkthrough, like this game does not penalize you for dying. And if I followed the walkthrough and I continued to do what what it said that I was having finding success in that early on. So I just decided to buckle down and keep going and keep doing it. Um, I think I almost gave up a couple of times. The tower climb definitely was killing me. Um, just falling to all the way down and just losing five minutes of progress. Uh, super frustrating. But once I got through that and was talking to Zach last night and got a wind under my sails, I uh, got through and I got all the way and all for the first time in retro game guys podcast history, 
Dustin, the picky gamer, has beaten a game. Wow. Congratulations. I got got all the way through this game. It took me not counting uh, putting the controller down to like uh, get a snack or or just just actual playthrough um, was just over about two hours, I think. Um, Yeah, I I once I got through the tower, I was just like, I can beat this game. If that's the that's where I'm going to that if I get through that, I've got through that struggle all the and I looked at at everything else. I was like, all the rest of these levels are just what I've been doing before. That wasn't even the hardest part. I mean, I know it's hard for you because you don't like jumping and stuff. Uh, yeah. And with and in the tower, like if you get damaged by anything and you start blinking, you fall through platforms. Yeah. <laughs> you just keep falling. Um, but that wasn't even the hardest part. The hardest part was like that the there was a blue cave or something that was really vast, was really big. I think it was like two or three levels before that. That was probably the hardest. Yeah, that's one for huge. Me. It's huge. It's a huge map, and that yeah. that was the hardest level for me personally. But uh, man, congratulations! I thought I was going to finish this game. But um, something I had to jump on a call earlier today. And I, I'm I'm about ten minutes away from finishing the game, so it sucked. <laughs> you were the one well, to do it, but I thought I was yeah, gonna be able to do it too. Awesome. Congrats! And not only is it the first time you've finished the game, but this is actually the first technical tie where we need a tiebreaker in retro game guys history. Oh God, go right. to the score! <laughs> go so. to the score! All right, my well, my score I ended up with two hundred forty-seven thousand and five points. Okay, well, let's go look at my video here. What was yours again? 247 and 5. Ah, well, YouTube says 263,500. Oh, man. <laughs> Hold on. So if I had finished the game, I would beat both of you guys. If you finished you it without continuing again, yeah. You might have. Wow. Well, so you, I, should you just, I should just go do that real quick for five minutes and come right back and tell you I beat the game. Well, it's it's going to be the same like SimCity. Oh. It doesn't count before the podcast, oh, okay. but you can come back with bragging rights if you'd like. <laughs> no, well, and I, I was so minutes, so you, you, that's yeah. that factor too. I'm sure. I was so pumped. I was like, I was I was awesome. giddy last night talking. So Zach knew about this because I was talking to him yeah. while I was doing it. But because uh, you sent me a picture, this is like and, oh yeah, all over again. So, oh yeah, no, I'll you'll, share. I'll share because I got it on my iPad. It's a little bit bigger. I'll yeah, share post this. this or something. But um, you, here, you know, no, no, <laughs> the, oh, the listeners can't see it. I got it right here. Look at this. But uh, I'm showing on the video here, and listeners, I'm sure you'll you'll see it online somewhere. But there's a picture of Dustin making this really goofy face right next to the screen with the ending. You sent it to me at 12:43 this morning. Yeah, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, and I replied to you. Woo, this pick made me seriously. LOL, congrats, dude. A pod milestone. You can't let on tomorrow. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, 12 hours from recording. I mean, just <laughs> right at the last minute, dude. It's awesome. Yeah. And I've been playing it and doing run throughs and getting and and having, you know, fun and running through. And, and it was, I, you know, the bot, the bats boss I would get stuck on sometimes. I got a third level and I'd, I'd tool around in there. But yeah, it was once I once I got through all that last night and got through that that castle jumping, I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm going. I don't care how long this takes. I'm yeah. going. I, I, yeah. So yay! I beat I beat a game. That's awesome. All right, guys, let's go to the last question here. Would you play Wizards and Warriors again? I'll just speak for everybody. JP, no. <laughs> Alex, no. Zach and I, yes. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Easy question, right? <laughs> I I I I'm of course gonna play this game again. It's the only one I've ever beaten, but uh, I yep. can. I, I know Alex and JP were have a little bit too much too much frustration to do that it's, yeah like. not as an adult as a kid it's like yeah dude, it's like uh it's like hey remember that time you got kicked down nuts as a kid how about you do that over and over again when you play this game <laughs> no i'm good i'm all right 
<laughs> All right, guys. Well, now it's time for this month's crazy collectible. Now, you know, as much as Alex didn't enjoy any of the rest of this podcast, at least we still have his favorite segment right here. Oh, yeah. All right, JP. <laughs> JP, what did you <laughs> find out there in collectible land? So, you know, I kind of had a hard time finding some some really cool stuff. I mean, I found like, for a good example, I found the complete in box copy on eBay for like 61 bucks, which nothing wrong with that. That's cool. Um, one of the kind of things I'm like, okay, this is even maybe a little bit better was finding the Wizards and Warriors 2 with our main man Fabio on the cover, given those <laughs> that steely blue eyed look. I think he has blue eyes. I don't know. For the low, low price of $600 sealed <gasps> and all wow, that. Wow, jeez. Yeah, I know. But I think the one thing that I found that with a little bit of help from Zach, too, which brought back some nostalgia um, just for these kinds of things in general, was the uh, the Wizards and Warriors handheld game that was made by Acclaim. Uh, it was around 30 bucks for a decent looking one. They got up to about 70 bucks for really nice. I didn't find any unopened, but I thought that was probably the cool, crazy collectible because I remember having those, you know, those as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. You remember those, yeah. Zach? I, you know, it's funny. I remember the Tiger games. I remember like the Tiger, you know, LCD games. I remember the Game and Watch games, oh, yeah. obviously. I do not remember Acclaim games at all. And in fact, when you were just saying that, I, I just did a quick Google search. Um, and dude, there's a ton of these. There's like oh, Acclaim yeah. made a bunch. Oh, They're great. 19- we found 40- another thing for Zach to collect. No, I- <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? There was a moment where I was like, oh. They all look the same. They're in a series. Like, uh oh. Um, oh JP and I are going to be like, like Gollum. Sending each other. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what happens is like JP and I like send each other like these like links to eBay, like, you know, auctions back and forth. Like, oh, you know, you know get, get them all. Um, there's 1943. There's Bigfoot. There's not not the, the, um, uh, Bigfoot, monster, the monster the, truck. The, the monster truck. Yeah. Um, combat was Combat Zone. Never heard of that one. There's WrestleMania, there's Airwolf, there, there's a bunch of them. So oh, Airwolf, someone, yes. The, the show, yeah, so Knight Rider. So I guess <laughs> like there's, there's um, so I'm sure somebody out there that's collecting these. But yeah, and then I also saw that I guess they run on um, AA batteries, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of cool. I mean, it makes the thing heavier, right? But like what I used to hate it having a um, handhold as a kid is that when your LCD game died, you'd need to find new watch batteries. And like, who the oh, hell yeah. had like watch batteries lying around? I don't know about you guys, but like that thing would be dead forever because I'd yeah. never get, be able to get my parents to buy more watch batteries. Yeah. yeah. I, I My parents were usually pretty good with that. We'd make a run over to Long's or whatever and get get a bunch. Uh, my dad used them for, I think he had a camera that had them. So we had, we had them around. All right, guys, now it's time for our retro game giveaway. We've got an original copy of Wizards and Warriors for one of our listeners who shared something with us on social media. Uh, this once winner is Spexy or at retro underscore Specs. Zach, why did we uh, pick Spexy? Well, as we talked about earlier, so Spexy did some amazing detective work to find out the artist that did the uh, the Wizards and Warriors cover. Um, and he found the guy's contact information. Like I said, he <laughs> we started to harass the guy with email. So we really appreciate the help, Spexy. Um, reading from his Twitter profile, it says, quote, I'm Spexy, a gaming YouTuber who's lucky enough to be grateful to have over 6,000 fantastic and supportive subscribers. Uh, and there's a link to his YouTube. So go to at uh, retro underscore specs. It's specs, S-P-E-X-X, and uh, enjoy his content. And uh, congrats, Specsy. You got yourself a copy of Wizards and Warriors. And uh, we're also going to be making a donation to a charity who's helping with the current global situation, a situation in your name. So thank you again, sir. There we go. Thank you. 
All right, now it's time to talk about what game we are playing for our next episode. Zach, you want to share what's coming up? Yeah, we talked about this quite a bit between the guys about what we should do next, and it felt like we hadn't done a racing game in a while. There's a good reason. Um, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Dustin still has uh, flashbacks from F-Zero. Um, but uh, we finally landed on Super Monaco GP for the Sega Genesis. So this is one of the very best 16-bit racing games out there. Um, it does not. Uh, it didn't get. Doesn't get enough attention. I think. I, I don't see it on many like best game of all time lists or anything like that. Mm. Um, Dustin, when you and I were talking about what game to do next, we both discovered that EGM gave this game two, was it one or two tens? Two tens. It was, I think, yeah. the first or, or one of the first times that they ever a uh, game ever got two tens. Yeah, for a racing game, that's pretty incredible. Um, and the great thing is it's a pretty cheap game. So you can get it, it you know, complete in box, maybe 20 bucks, something like that. It's pretty common out there. It was one of the earlier um, you know, Genesis titles. And we want you to play along as well. So go ahead and grab a copy and send us a screenshot of how far you got. Um, you can post it to uh, the socials at mention us <laughs> and uh, guys, we are going back to the hashtag Genesis household. All right. Hell yeah. You know what um, dudes works for me. I'm, I'm so happy to be done with this game. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's a palate cleanser uh, of a sorts, right? We're going, we're going away yeah. from platforming action adventure kind of games I, and doing something different. I like I, it. I had Galaga flashbacks. These, the, the, the bees in this game felt like the, the <laughs> oh, yeah, alien totally. yeah, coming down right, on you. It. One thing I wanted yeah. to quick mention is uh, if you listen to our quick play episode where Zach interviewed me, yeah. uh, you heard me basically put out there that I'll wipe the floor with the guys in racing games. Oh, you uh, did say oh, that. Really? I did say that. Oh. How, although I will say I popped this game in the other day and it's so hard. Oh. <laughs> so, okay, so uh, maybe not this, this racing game. Uh, this may, I, I'm going to put out a disclaimer that this may not be the racing game oh, that yeah. I wipe Hold the floor on. with. Well, Jake, I think we're starting to see a pattern here. So, oh, I'll wipe the floor with you guys on uh, SimCity. That didn't happen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll wipe the floor with you guys on uh, this racing game. Okay. No, Not this racing game. I said in racing games, well, I'm thinking I, about I'll, Daytona. I'll Mario tell you guys Kart. what, I'll tell you guys what you always got to watch Kart out for wrong. the, yeah, no, we, that's, we should definitely do that one. Um, you got to watch out for the quiet types, right? JP is great <laughs> at racing games. Oh boy. I've talked about this before. His, his track times for Gran Turismo were untouchable back in the day. Um, so he's going to be good. Dustin, you're coming in hot at, off, off the backs of finishing a game for the first time. You got a bunch of pent up rage from Alex. Yeah. So like this, <laughs> this could be really interesting. Be and I will say with Super Monaco GP, you start with the automatic setting. No, no don't try to do manual shifting at first. Um, and, uh, just, j it takes a while to get the turning down, but you could, you can go into turns super fast. Like, don't be too cautious. Um, once you get the hang of it, you'll be blown through this game. Like it's, it is hard at first, but the learning curve, once you get over it, you, you, it's pretty quick. So stick with it. And, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see who, uh, comes out on top. I'm looking forward to it. All right, guys, let's wrap up with a recap of this week's Wizards and Warriors rankings. This is my favorite ranking list we've ever done. I uh, wonder why. <laughs> uh, in last place, stuck on the bat boss and getting frustrated and banging his head up against the door. That would be JP. Yay. The pink, the, the pink door or blue door? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, the, small, and, the small pink door. <laughs> yeah. Why is you're banging it with your knee, not your head? Um, in third place, uh, regretting the fact that he didn't try harder. Hashtag get good. Uh, Mr. Alex. <laughs> All right. In he's it's stunned wow. silence. Hashtag you still came in second. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and in second place, beating the game, unlike JP or Alex, uh, and with a score of 247 and five points, uh, that would be me. Yay. Second place. Good job, Justin. Good job. Hey, Good job. second place. I'm first winner or second winner or something. I don't know. <laughs> You're the first loser. Um, and I'm the first loser. Yeah. What does that mean? But wait a minute. But this was, this was the closest, I think, of any other game we've played between first, the closest you've ever gotten to first place. Yeah, because right? I was two, literally, 247 yeah. and you were what, 263? Yeah. Yep. And it didn't matter that I beat the game in 37 minutes technically because we were going off of beating how far you got and the score. So yeah, you yeah. were literally 40,000 points, give or take. From yeah, catching up or whatever. Wow. Bad math, but you know what I mean. less <laughs> yeah. than a hundred thousand away. So. <laughs> less than, it was two forty seven versus two sixty three. That's like fifteen or Oh, six. I thought it, I, for some reason I thought you said two hundred and seven or so. Yeah. So, no, no, so no. yeah, you were like, you were very so if you had collected you know one more key maybe or yeah. Yeah, you know, a few more gems. So right you behind you, but uh, once again for 19 months straight, Mr. Zach All right. comes in first again. <laughs> hashtag the streak. Uh, hashtag the streak. Let's see what happens. We it sounds like we've got some uh, some rage, some uh, pent in shelter in place mm-hmm. rage coming mm-hmm. uh, coming in hot for this uh, next uh, next right. game, Super yeah. Monaco. So I want to so, see too after Super Monaco at some point in time here. I want to see you guys conspire once again. Like uh, let's let's bring back the Tech Mobile type thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's I'll let you guys, you know, pick a game. I'm not included in that selection. What you guys try to figure out what's the one game that it, you can keep me from being first place. Yeah. Maybe we'll do like one of those three people walkthroughs like, or a uh, game gameplays like we did back in the day with friends where you, you, uh, you know, I'm good at this part. So you play this and then yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah, like you guys the could, three headed monster yeah. to beat Zach. You guys could pick a game. <laughs> Play it secretly for six months and get really, really good at it and don't tell me. And then be like, oh, yeah, we're doing RC Prime or whatever it is. And I'll be like, yeah. oh, man, I haven't played that forever. Then you guys are like, oh, yeah, we've been playing it for six months. We're all like hella good at it, you know? Yeah. So, oh, yeah, let's, let's, let's think about it. Zach doesn't like know that. we're already doing it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for our Wizards and Warriors episode. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and it makes you want to flail a useless sword around. Uh, For the Retro Game Guys, Zach, Alex, and JP, I'm Dustin saying game on. Until next time, friends. The opinions and views expressed on the Retro Game Guys podcast represent the views of the speaker alone and are not the views of our employers.